Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term guys thank you so very much for joining us right here on off the script this is your aew dynamite post show for april 13th 2022 i'm your host jd from new york and i'm joined by my very good friend jesse jesse shut your computer off bro there he is there he is there you go there you go bro there you go Sound filtering in. He's got his fancy headphones on. Speakers on. His computer is still on. I'm hearing myself in his fucking headsets. And we got a fucking great Kali wannabe on Dynamite, man. Holy shit. You couldn't see me? Pardon me? Why am I echoing, bro? I don't know why you're echoing. You got your speakers on. 
I do not have speakers on, man. I don't know why you're echoing then. I don't hear I it know. now. I don't hear yeah. it. I still hear it now. I right, listen, listen, let's get the show on the road. Man. I can't I can't be dealing with these fucking technical difficulties. Listen, I don't know what's going on with your microphone, your headset, your computer. We got AEW Dynamite tonight. Tony Khan. Tony Khan has debuted somebody. And you're figuring that shit out, right? You, you, you getting that shit sorted over there? There is nothing to sort, bro. There's nothing. There's nothing to change. There's nothing to change. No, I got no YouTube open. No, there's nothing to change, bro. I got one app open on my entire desktop. It's Discord. It's there's not. It's, it's not. It's not Discord, bro. It can't be Discord. I didn't say it was Discord. I said I got one app open. It's Discord. There's no browser. There's no YouTube. There's nothing else open. I don't know. You said Discord. I got to have Discord open to call you. You do? There's nothing else open, man. There's nothing else open. All right. Well, I, I guess uh, let's let's get the show. Let's get the show on the road, man. I, I have no idea. We'll figure it out later. AW Dynamite tonight. We got. Uh, I, I don't even know where to begin. Tony Khan. He had a Ring of Honor television championship match tonight with Samoa Joe and Minoru Suzuki. All was going well. It was physical. The crowd was into it. We got the storyline continuity with Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt. And they gave him his gift. They gave him his present. And they they, they brought out the gift. They brought out the box. In the gift was nothing more than a middle finger. And... At the end of the match, we get what is a great Kali wannabe. You done? I, I I don't know. I'm hearing myself in your headset. It's really it's really <laughs> getting to me. It really is getting to me. It's your end, man. It's something on your settings. It's not, bro. It's not on my settings. How can I make you hear yourself in your own headphone? I'm hearing myself in your headset. How can you in my headset? I'm hearing, I'm hearing you. Yes, I'm hearing feedback from you, from your end. Okay, let me see. As Jesse get this, uh, as Jesse gets this shit situated, I'm gonna mute him and I'm gonna get on with the fucking uh, usual shit that I do. Now, now I'm pissed off. So we're gonna go into the introductions and let me get the let him get this shit sorted because I can't I cannot stand when I hear myself in somebody else's headset. Thank you guys for joining me on AEW Dinah. If this continues, I'm cutting him. If this continues, I'm cutting. I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really in the mood for this shit, honestly. And I apologize to you guys. I really fucking apologize to you guys. The one thing that I do is I take great pride in my fucking sound, and I can't stand shitty sound. Make sure you guys follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on that bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go out and check everything out that I did on the channel. This week, man, Monday Night Raw, NXT, we did an extra today on Braun Strowman. WWE 2K22 content is out there as well. So go check that stuff out. It's all on the homepage right now for you if you guys want extra content on Off The Script. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. 
We need a thousand likes minimum on today's OTS AEW Dynamite post show, man, for April 13th, 2022. Every thumbs up helps me out, man, as it gets the video seen more so in the recommended section. Make sure you guys go out and support my sponsor for today's show. That is BlueChew, BlueChew.com. That is code JD at checkout for your free sample. And also, go get your t-shirts, man. Bonfire.com. That is the exclusive home of Off the Scripts. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Let's uh, let's see what Jesse's got going on here. I'm going to unmute him. You got everything situated there? I don't know. How does it sound now? I don't know. Let me continue to speak here. I don't hear it yet. I don't hear myself yet. Okay, it looks like we're good to go. What happened? I changed nothing. I don't fucking know. What happened? I didn't change shit. Well, clearly you did something. Oh, okay. All right, sure. You did something. All right. Are we ready to go now? Yeah. Are we ready ready to go now? Okay. Okay, good. Good. I got people watching me here. Okay. Listen. Tony Khan has not let us down. He hasn't let us down. And, you know, every situation that we think Tony Khan kind of messed up in, he's always rectified himself. Always. Christian Cage, people not being utilized the right way. This, though, I listen, man, I, I can't I can't really get behind this. And I don't want to make a big deal about it because we don't know anything about the fucking guy outside that he's an NBA player. He's the first Indian guy to be drafted in the NBA, seven foot three. But all I saw tonight was a bunch of unhappy people and a great colleague wannabe, bro. This is unlike anything that AEW has done before. And I don't really need to see this type of performer on my television, especially when the lights go out. And every time the lights go out, people usually get surprised and excited. This was a complete letdown. What did you think of this ending tonight? And what did you think of the debut of this giant man tonight that they're calling the giant Satnam, I believe is his name? This this entire show was a banger of a show. And then that's all people are going to remember about tonight's AEW Dynamite. I I don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to say. I don't know who this guy is. I don't I don't know. I uh, let's le- let's see how it plays out, right? Is that what I'm always told to do? This, this does not look like an AEW signing at all. No, it does not look like an AEW signing. Does not feel like one. The crowd didn't like it. When you get chance of who are you? And, I mean, this this looks like a page out of Vince's playbook, man. Yeah, and that's exactly what Tony Khan's playbook has looked like, looked like. Don't do anything that Vince would normally do. And he did exactly what Vince would do in the ending of Dynamite. And I don't think this is going to go over the right way. Tony Khan knows his audience better than anybody. And this is not what the audience wants to see. Yeah, he, he legit, and not even kidding, that... That debut would have went off better if it was Braun Strowman. Yes. And, and, and it pains me to say that, but you are correct. Yes. Yeah. And and nobody wants to see him show up. No. But at the same time, his arrival would have would have went off better than this. 
this was sad. It, it reminded me a little bit of the Butcher and the Blade debut, but with them, we just didn't know who they were. Or the Dark Order. Yeah, all oh, the Dark Order kind of came with the kind of came with the company, you know. But yeah, um, Butcher and Blade, we just we just didn't know who they are. And once we saw them work a little bit, you know, we all fell in love with them. I mean, um, I'm pretty sure that there's nothing this guy's gonna do in the ring that's gonna make us fall in love with. And he made that abundantly clear in his debut. So why do they sign somebody like this then? He's obviously he obviously has no ceiling whatsoever. I, I mean, it, it's it's not even a point where they bring him in and he's gonna work a couple of matches. There's legitimately nobody in that company that would match up to him outside of what we saw tonight and Samoa Joe. It would be a one and done deal with this guy against Samoa Joe, being that now he is the the muscle. I'm assuming for Jay Lethal and and Sanjay Dutt. Maybe he ends up going to Ring of Honor and works with the Ring of Honor promotion that Tony Khan just purchased. I don't know. But from the reaction of the crowd and the chance of who are you, who are you, and the deafening just dis- disappointment from the New Orleans crowd tonight, I-, I don't think this is going to go over very well. And Tony Khan is already being blasted on social media because he put up the All Elite graphic for this guy and he tweeted it out and he's already getting blasted in the comment section in the thread on Twitter. This is not going to go the way he wants and I hope to God that he's listening to the debut of this guy and he's already got a pencil in hand or pen in hand and he's rewriting something to fix what he did tonight. Yeah, I get, you know, you know, look, I, I, I appreciate the ambition. You know, he's probably got a lot of different um, people in his ear, you know, if, if nothing else, people on Twitter saying you should do this, you should do that. Maybe he's trying to tap into the larger than life you know, stigma that WWE does to tap into that market, maybe. But um, I don't even know how you book this guy in AEW. I mean, which leads me to believe maybe he is strictly ROH bound. I don't know what kind of roster they used to have before they went under. But there is nobody to put this guy in the ring with, no one of significance to put this guy in the ring with that can put this guy over and make it look real. Um, he does not fit the the style of wrestling that AEW fans enjoy. No, uh, nobody does. I mean, I don't get I don't get the deal with these fucking seven foot three, seven foot four guys coming over from fucking Punjab in India. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't understand what the appeal is with, with this type of perform. What is this guy going to give AEW that they don't already have? Is my question. I, I don't I don't want to write the guy off. L- listen, I don't want to write him off, but I'm going to write him off anyway. Because I've seen this time and time and time again. This is not some fucking bullshit podcast where I'm going to come on here and praise it because it's AEW. This is the type of shit that gets me legitimately fucking disinterested in WWE content. Omos is complete shit. Braun Strowman started off great and then he turned to dog shit. The great Khali is heralded as one of the worst WWE champions and one of the worst performers of all time. And you got this guy on Dynamite in the closing segment on what was an otherwise great show. And the only thing people are going to remember is this fucking ending. This is not the company's mission statement. They gave up Cody to get this. Holy shit. Well, no. I mean, I, I I think you're jumping the gun a little bit. I'm not jumping the gun, gun, bro. Well, no, you, you are. And and I know why you are. And it's because of WWE. So we finally got a booker that listens to the fans. He put something out that we didn't like. 
Bro, the as soon as I see his finishing move, give give the guy fifteen minutes to fucking fix it. Nah, nah, nah bro, as soon as I seen his finishing move, bro, I was over. I was done with. No, no, I'm, no. It, we just got it. See, we're used to getting this stuff from WWE. And then they continue to push the guys, and then they shove them down our throats, and then we get sick of it, and then it's rinse and repeat with another big guy. Give him time to find out that this is a failure. I'm not saying give him time to succeed. I'm saying give Tony Khan time to find out this is a failure and to do something else with this guy because this is not going to work. Now, if we get this guy and he continues to get pushed and then he's putting world titles on him, then... You know, we're just we're just so gun shy because we're just so used to getting treated like this by WWE, Punjab Prism. And right away, we start getting flashbacks of great fucking Kali and, you know, everything else. I think we just need to chill and just tell everybody in the AEW that we hate it and give them time to fucking fix it. And if they keep shoving them, then we continue to rant and rave. But right now, we don't like this. So get it off our TV, please. Bro, I'm not giving anything a chance. No, give him a chance. No, I'm not giving. I'm not giving. I'm not giving him a chance. No, he's not gonna work out. No, no he's not gonna work out. So what the fuck are we doing here? Why I is he on know. television? I don't know what the pull, what the plan was right there. I have no idea, man. Does Jay no- Lethal of all fucking people need somebody like this? No, I don't. I mean, I don't even get the concept and the theory behind like. Like, yeah, the fans are gonna love this. You know, in this rowdy crowd here in New Orleans, gonna pop for this guy that. They've never seen before or heard of, and has not fit the mold of what they're used to here. I don't know. I don't know what the plan was right there. I have no idea, but I do have faith that he's going to find out that we don't like it. Yes, and he's going to and he's going to fucking get rid of. Yes, that that's that 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 part I understand, and I do I do agree with you that Tony Khan will listen. Uh, it, it's not going to be difficult for Tony Khan to listen to the fucking people. And, and, and let me tell let me tell everybody something. Tony Khan is going to find out real quick that these are not bots. These are genuine people that want to see his product thrive. You're not going to put this guy on television and have your product right now. He's going to be a segment on the show, whatever the case may be. We may not even see him next week. Who the fuck knows? But him debuting the way that he did tonight, when you have conditioned your own audience to expect somebody much bigger and much more well-known that's going to pop the crowd, a Cesaro or a Johnny Gargano or somebody that's still out there, and then we get that. I, I don't know how I, I, I could sit here and, and defend that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not no, giving not. anybody a chance. I, I've been doing this way too long, man, to fucking give shit chance. If, if it sucks and a good first impression is what I'm about. If that was his first impression, bro, I am over it already. Not even giving yeah, it a chance. No. Yeah, no, it, I, I, I believe it's going to go away fast. Remember when the librarians debuted and everyone shit on it? No one liked it. It slowly phased away. There was no big popping, you know, you know, uh, ceremony saying, okay, the librarians are going to go away. But they went away. They went away because the fans didn't like it right away. Um, I don't expect this guy to go away by Friday, but I do expect him to pretty much go. I mean, it wouldn't be. I mean, look, I hated it as much as you and everybody else here in this chat, but it wouldn't be fair to the guy or Tony Khan if they just scrapped him by tomorrow. So, I mean, they're going to give it another chance in another city or tweak it a little bit. But I do think the end game should be he's not fit for AEW. Maybe he's strictly an ROH guy. I don't know. Well, if he stays simply a muscle for Jay Lethal, I may be okay with it. But if we see this guy fucking promoted in a match against Samoa Joe or anybody else on the show, then I will 
reassess and go back to what I stated here and then reiterate it all over again. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. It's not a good look. It's not a good look for AEW. It's not a good look for Tony Khan. And like Jesse said, it absolutely would have been. And we all, we all think Braun Strowman is a blithering fucking idiot. We all think he's a fucking moron. But he would have showed up tonight and the crowd would have actually been excited to see Braun Strowman because Braun Strowman isn't a fucking seven foot three walking mess. At least he knows what the fuck he's doing in there. Well, at, at least they would have had the wherewithal to boo him. Yes. I mean, cheer. I mean, they're not, I mean, probably wouldn't cheer. They would boo him out of the building, which would have been, you know, a fantastic moment. This is just a segment. People are like, who the fuck is this guy? We don't know what to do here. Well, we'll leave it at that. This guy is now, uh, I guess, the muscle. We'll, we'll call him the muscle for Jay Lethal right now and Sanjay Dutt. Does he stay with AEW? Is he strictly Ring of Honor? We don't know. But you're not going to turn the lights out and, and promote an overrun 24 hours earlier and then give us that in the overrun. That That's how you lose people, and that's how you disappoint people. And, and I don't think Tony Khan is in the business to lose people. And honestly, I don't think he can afford to lose people. This is not a good look for AEW, and it's not a good look for Tony Khan. He needs to really think about this and reassess his, his situation because this is not what AEW uh, is known for. And them bringing this type of WWE shit to the table is going to make them uh, lose people on Wednesday nights. And we don't want to see that happen. The yeah, o- no, uh, I really I really do think this This is probably a since he came out during the the Samoa Joe, the, 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 the title match, you know, for ROH. Maybe he is strictly an ROH guy, you know. Maybe it's just a moment to pre, you know to promote, you know, the ROH um, storyline and everything like that. Maybe him, Sanjay, Lethal, Joe. Maybe they're all going to be shifted to ROH television. You know, that could be the case. Even in ROH, I don't see where this guy is gonna. I mean, fuck if they're if they're what if ROH is their develop you know their developmental uh, territory. Yeah, what is he gonna develop into? I mean, this guy is not gonna he's not gonna, he's not a pro wrestler. This, that guy is already a sports entertainer. He should not be here. No, put him put him with Jericho. I don't I don't know where they put him, but I don't want to see him on Wednesday nights. Uh, once is enough for me. And what we saw tonight, I don't want to see it again. But we'll, we'll 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 let it we'll let it play out. We'll see what Tony Khan's got planned. I know he's I know he's listening, and I know he sees the reaction on social media. So he will assess the situation and do what is best for AEW Dynamite. But please leave this e shit on Monday and Friday nights. The other thing that happened tonight, Jesse, was CM Punk continues to win matches. CM Punk continues to win matches. The opening match of Dynamite tonight was CM Punk and Pentagon Junior. I'm not really liking this Penta Oscuro character. I think Alex Abrahantes looks absolutely fucking ridiculous in the worst possible way. I honestly think that also brings a negative feel from the fan base as well because everybody thinks, you know, he is, he looks cringe out there. He he legitimately looks like somebody out of Resident Evil 4 when I'm in the fucking village and I'm shooting zombies and I see a zombie's head explode, and then I see one of them fucking creatures come out of their fucking body. I don't want to see him dressed as Resident Evil 4 out there. I think it's ridiculous. Pentagon Jr., and what he brings to the table has always been one of my favorite things about any promotion he's been in, and he's done very well for himself anywhere he's been. Tonight, against CM Punk, this was a great match. It wasn't a perfect match, and we're going to go over why it wasn't a perfect match, but CM Punk continues to win. What did you think about CM Punk? I know some people found issue with this because uh, they want Punk in something a little bit more uh, fruitful, I guess. 
Well, what did you think about Punk going on social media, seeing the Suzuki and Joe match get booked? He put out an open challenge to everybody and him wanting to wrestle anybody on the roster. What do you think about him taking that to social media? Uh, there's nothing to think about it. I mean, it's a that's what he was told to do. I mean, what is the what is that a big deal or something? Yeah, it is a big deal because a lot of people think that CM Punk is not in a real storyline and they don't understand why they're giving him random matches. And I want yeah. you to explain why these random matches all have a meaning and why CM Punk wrestling in random matches against somebody that's not a random wrestler is completely fucking ridic- ridiculous to even think about. Well, I mean, you, I mean, if you you can't placate to everybody, man. If you put Punk straight to the main event match, people will complain that he hasn't won enough. So now he's, you know, building his storyline and he's progressing his win streak. And people are complaining that he's wrestling randoms. I mean, I don't know. You can't, I mean, again, you, you can't make everybody happy and people are going to find things to complain about. But it makes sense. I mean, he needs to go through and build up his win-loss record. I mean, I don't see, the, I don't, people, I mean, people like that just tell me they just look for something to complain about. Either that or they don't watch the show. Because obvi- yeah, obviously, obviously he's in something. And he's already told you what he's doing and what he's going after. And that is the AW World Championship. So he's on TV, and the reason why he's on TV is because he needs to win matches to get the the number one contendership for whoever wins this Cole and Page match next, uh, this Friday, I believe, right? This Friday is uh, the Texas Death Match. Whoever wins that match more than likely is getting Punk at double or nothing. Yeah, maybe y'all people that that aren't watching, if you don't don't watch the product and you look around Twitter, you'll see that Brian Danielson is fighting uh, Wheeler Yuta. Well, why? Well, now they're burying Brian because he's out there with jobbers doing nothing. And well, there is something going on with Brian and Yuta and Mox and Yuta. But if I mean, it's not going to happen, you know, in one match. So I mean, yeah, I mean, people are going to just you know think and say and do stupid shit. But this makes sense, and it was a fantastic match. And I mean, they. This is what I like about Punk, and he's like you know slowly becoming the new Cody. He's not going to blow you away with, you know, dives and flips, but he's going to tell a story in a match. You know, I mean, he, he's I mean, that, that's what he does now. He, he can tell a story in a match and he can do it from beginning to end. And I, I enjoyed this match and everything about it. I mean, the botch off the top rope was, you know, kind of scary. And it looks like he just sold it to kind of like you know, get out of the embarrassment of falling off the top rope. Well, which well, is fine. Yeah, but- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the one part I want, I, I want to really focus on, and we'll get to that. Uh, they got in each other's faces, that a little uh, fun shopping back and forth each other. Uh, that was right at the start of the bell. Uh, Penta hit a thrust kick. Punk came back, took him down. Penta uh, returned the offense with some sling blades on Punk, and he goes for a cover, gets a near fall. Punk avoided a baseball slide, landed at Tope Suicida. Uh, that didn't really look all that uh, well. He didn't really connect on all of it, but he got the suicide anyway right before commercial break. So we're back from break, and Punk went to the top rope for a Frankensteiner, and this is the part where Jesse said that Punk botched. He slipped on the top rope and went down, hit the mat, and clutched his knee. Now, Bryce Remsburg, who was the official in this match, I believe, went over to Punk to check on him. Penta went to advance, and he backed Penta up, And he got the okay from Punk that he was okay. Now, the thing is, a lot of the haters out there are going to take this and have a fucking field day with it. And I don't really understand why. Even on his, 
Even on his worst day, CM Punk is better than 99% of the fucking wrestlers out there. Michael Jordan, I know you're a Bulls fan, bro. Michael Jordan didn't have a fucking 40-point game every fucking every day. So the same thing applies here. Punk, no matter how great he is. Say again? He kind of did. But well, I mean, well, he had bad games. He had bad games, right? <sighs> Greg Maddox wasn't the fucking uh, consummate professional every single. He wasn't throwing no haters every time out there. Did you? Did you? Did you? Like, okay. Side note: Did you legitimately watch the Bulls games in their in their heyday run? Yes, I did. Um, a bad and I, I, I hear what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Okay, a, a bad game, game for Jordan is 25 with 10 assists, bro. What? Right. Uh, a bad game for Michael Jordan is an all-star appearance for any other player in the league. <laughs> Dead serious, bro. All right, listen, listen, you listen. Know what I'm Those are bad games. All right, listen, man. What, what about the Wizards? Um, no, uh, Jordan didn't <laughs> play for the Wizards, bro. What are you talking about? No, move on with the show. Michael Jordan <laughs> never played for the Wizards. Go. Michael Jordan played for the Washington Wizards, bro. He played for the Bulls, stupid. Go. <laughs> Uh, Jesse's clearly triggered him because uh, he doesn't want to uh, acknowledge Michael Jordan as a Washington wizard. Maybe he should have went into the Hall of Fame as a wizard. No, no. Okay, fine. Okay, fine. He, Are you, he's, all right, he's, listen, he's, listen. All joking aside, you get what I'm saying, bro. Even the best don't have yeah. a, a perfect day every single time. Yeah, Ty, no, Tiger Woods is a good example. For his bad games, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So he went out there and he slipped off the top rope. But the thing about Punk, Jesse, is... Say again? I don't say nothing. Go ahead. All right. Uh, the thing about Punk is he he slipped off the top rope and he immediately knew that he fucked up. And then when he got back to his feet, I, I think you, you kind of audibly heard him saying something to Penta about uh, what, what they were going to do next. Penta went to go Irish whip Punk out of the corner and Punk didn't even fully make the other corner. He dropped down before he even got there, selling the effect of the knee. This is why I said what I said on social media. And... I put that Punk is a absolute fucking professional of his craft. He turned what could have been a huge embarrassing moment into a legit storyline in the match because I don't think the knee was really targeted in the match up until that point, and they made that the focus of the match. Yeah, even commentary kind of mentioned yes. it a little bit. Yes, uh, shout out to the commentary team too because they uh, added on top of the story that Punk was telling, and they knew... Uh, what he was trying to do, and they were on top of that quick. Yeah, yeah. So this was this was awesome, and I don't want anybody to take what Punk here did uh, in, in this match and, and spin it around as, oh, Punk sucks, he's old, he's, he's this and that, he's out of his prime. Whatever the case may be, you're going to get your haters, but Punk turned this shit around brilliantly, and he made it into a story of the final closing moments of this match. So after the Frankensteiner, we... We got Punk really uh, holding the knee and selling the knee here. And he followed this up with a corner rising knee. He whipped Penta into the other corner. Corner rising knee. Penta fought out of a GTS attempt. Penta looked to snap Punk's arm. Punk turned it into an anaconda vice. Penta reached the ropes to escape. And then they fought on the apron, teasing some package pile drivers and uh, a power bomb. Uh, a high kick followed by a springboard clothesline here by Punk. A rising knee, short arm clothesline combo. Punk called for the GTS. Penta blocked it, went for the fear factor. Punk escaped, but he was hit with an enziguri, allowing uh, both of these guys to trade cradles back and forth. Penta landed a thrust kick. Punk caught 
a springboard uh, with Penta coming off the ropes, caught him in a fireman's carry, GTS. That was it for the one, two, three, and CM Punk gets a very impressive victory in a great opening match on Dynamite tonight against one of the best performers in the entire company. This is going to go a long way, Jesse, to get him that world championship match. When he looks back on this and you look at all the people that he's beaten, I think at the end of all of it, we're going to say collectively that CM Punk deserves to get that world title match and he belongs in that match no matter who it's against, if it's Cole or Adam Page for the AEW title. No, no, I agree. Um, After he gets some um, meaningful wins under his belt and everything like that, then, yeah, then it'll be a spot where we can say, you know, let's see Punk in a title match. But to just throw him in because he's Punk, people would shit on it. So, I mean, I'm glad they're doing it this way. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very pleased with this, and I'm very excited to see where Punk goes. And uh, shout out to Punk tonight because uh, he turned what was a bad situation. We didn't really know if he was hurt or not. It looked like he was hurt a little bit, and I thought he was legitimately hurt. And that's uh, something that AEW cannot afford right now. But he turned that uh, into something that made the match really, really good to open Dynamite. We got Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia, along with the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, getting off a private jet, and we see that Eddie Kingston and company, Santana Ortiz, they are in a sedan, and they drive by, and they yell that they would see them all tonight. The car drove off, and 2.0 were down on the ground, and they were selling the effects of whatever Eddie Kingston and his boys did, and apparently, Jesse, they had their, their ring gear stolen and their shoes stolen. It's fucking hilarious, dude. I they, love they, so they, they stole their shoes right on the runway. They just fucking trolling them at this point, man. Well, well, Eddie Kingston did say, uh, no matter what, no matter what, man, uh, he'll uh, he'll find them wherever they are, and he's uh, he's living up to his word. This is so good. I didn't. I didn't. He shows up at the venue with the fucking shoes, yes. man. That was so fucking funny. Shows up at the venue with the shoes. Ortiz comes out. He's wearing the fucking shoes around his neck. Uh, as he makes his way to the ring, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, that's what the situation is with the Jericho Appreciation Society and Eddie Kingston with Santana and Ortiz. We got a tag team title match here. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus with Christian Cage versus Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. They are Red Dragon. This was a hot crowd. This was a great match. AEW has had some really great tag team matches in the first four months of the year, man. This was awesome. I legitimately thought that we would get a title change tonight. So before I get into the breakdown of this match, Jesse, were you surprised that the title stayed on Jurassic Express tonight? No. You're not surprised. You're not surprised. No, man. Um, it's I mean, they didn't they didn't really have a good run yet, man. You know, I mean they they're they're doing okay right now, but I mean it's not normal for for um, AEW, the hot shot titles and the moving quickly. And if you don't, I mean, there's so many good tag teams out there, man. There's so many good tag teams. And to give them a short run, who knows when they'll be back at the top like that? Because there's so many other tag teams to get those titles on right now. I legitimately so, thought, just, just just because of the whole Adam Cole situation, I, I don't know why I thought the titles would change hands tonight. I, I, I just I just had a feeling that maybe, and maybe I'm alone in this, I, I don't know. I thought Christian Cage may have been turning on the Jurassic Express tonight for some reason. I don't know why. He hasn't really done anything to show us, 
but he's been relatively silent. And when you're silent, it, it means that something may be up. There, there may be something there. But I thought he was actually going to turn tonight, and we didn't see that. Nah, I didn't get that feeling at all. I know Big Hodge was talking about he felt they come in or yeah. something like that, but I never, I didn't. I mean, we saw it coming at some point, you know, in the past, but I didn't see anything imminent coming up for for Cage. You know, I thought maybe I was overlooking something. No, I didn't see anything at all. So with Jurassic Express as the tag team champions, because they retain the titles here, and we'll get to how they did that. Uh, do you see any team right now that's been featured heavily on TV taking them down, or do you see them holding those titles through uh, through most of the year? I don't know about most of the year. Um, I do think they're going to get a nice solid run and lose them at a pay-per-view whenever they do lose them, you know, to, to make sure that they, you know, they get the proper respect as tag teams. But, um, Red Dragon seemed to be on the on the on the rise. Um, so yeah, I thought that you know, well, I'm thinking that they could be one of the teams to take them down. But who knows? Phoenix could come back soon. You know, I'm he's getting booked and yanked all over the place. I'm assuming Ray Phoenix is due to come back to, uh, very soon. Um, then you get Proud uh, Proud and Powerful too. They seem to be breaking out and um, start to do that thing. So I will go with one of those teams right there. Yeah, I could see I could see the Lucha Brothers coming back and uh, wanting a rematch because of what had happened in January to Ray Phoenix. I could see FTR getting involved. You know, they seemingly want to add more hardware to their collection, so that could be a possibility as well. The Young Bucks are always in discussion, uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. And then you got the Hardys, who obviously took this week off after uh, last week's. Uh, disaster of a tables match. We didn't see anything about the Hardys tonight, so I think that was a uh, welcome sight to not see them on the show tonight. But it's all about the Jurassic Express and Red Dragon. Jungle Boy and Fish started the match off, and uh, this was before Luchasaurus and O'Reilly did the same. Uh, Luchasaurus, he took two dragon screws, one leveraged over the ropes, and took him out, and that allowed Red Dragon to take control. O'Reilly ran into a Luchasaurus knee, and... He then reached Jungle Boy for a, a tag early on. Jungle Boy hit a rebound lariat, which was very nice, landing multiple suicide dives, one through the bottom rope and then one through the middle rope. Red Dragon avoided a third as he was going to go over the top rope. He was going to do the trifecta, but Luchasaurus took them out, and they escaped, and he said, you know what, you want to escape my boy's uh, tope suicidas? He does a standing moonsault off the ring apron, does Luchasaurus to take out Red Dragon. So uh, after that, Jungle Boy did a dive over the top rope anyway, barely hitting Red Dragon, but it looked impressive in in theory, and he took both of them out. So Red Dragon regained control when Jungle Boy tried to come back into the ring. He used the ropes to, or they used the ropes rather, to target uh, Jungle Boy. And upon a commercial break, we get back from commercial break, Jungle Boy used his speed to escape, makes a hot tag to Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus ran wild on both guys. Uh, big strikes, corner splashes by Luchasaurus. He then hit a double choke slam, followed by a standing moonsault for a near fall. Jungle Boy tagged in, and they hit this beautiful backbreaker side slam, um, or as a side slam, rather, side slam, elbow drop combination, double team move for a near fall. Fish got a blind tag in, and Red Dragon hit a DDT into a German suplex for a near fall of their own. O'Reilly locked on a cross arm breaker, but Jungle Boy reached the ropes. To break the hold. Jungle Boy and O'Reilly fought on the top rope. And Luchasaurus wanted the doomsday device. But O'Reilly turned it into a guillotine. Now, just envision. Envision O'Reilly having Luchasaurus in this guillotine submission. Bobby Fish and Jungle Boy at the same time. 
Right underneath them is Kyle O'Reilly and Luchasaurus. They're above on the top rope. And Bobby Fish does an avalanche Falcon's arrow on Jungle Boy over Luchasaurus and Kyle O'Reilly. Absolutely fucking amazing. Crowd went crazy for it. I'm shocked that he even cleared both of those guys because that type of move, I mean, you got to have some fucking jumps in you. So I wonder how much of that was Jungle Boy and how much of that was Bobby Fish. That looked incredible. O'Reilly laid in some strikes on Luchasaurus, and this was uh, the beginning of the end, I thought, for Jurassic Express. Luchasaurus hit the tail whip on Fish, and then Jungle Boy came and hit the Thoratic Express for the win for the one, two, three. And Jurassic Express retains the title. Excellent match. And like I said, the tag team titles, man, they've, the tag team division in general has just seen some incredible matches so far this year. And I'm loving what Jurassic Express is doing, man. They are on fire. They are. They are. I mean, um, they are where I thought they would be when the company started. They, you know, get them back up to that level, which is fantastic to see. So, um, I think after this run for them as a tag team, I think they can start exploring uh, singles runs for these guys. I think they'll both succeed at it too, especially Jungle Boy, man. He's waiting to explode into the single scene, into that, you know, TV title conversation and everything else. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And they right. actually they actually booked Jungle Boy for the uh, qualifier for the Owen Hart Cup tonight. There you go. So he's going to get his uh, he's going to get a chance as, as a singles in this tournament. I don't know if he's going to advance or not. We'll see. But uh, he will be qual at least uh, at least trying to qualify for the tournament. Yeah, yeah. They, that 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 would be. I mean, the guy the guy's over as hell, man. I mean, you can tell. So I mean, there's nothing but money behind Jungle Boy getting his progression um, nice and slowly the way they've been doing it. You know, same for Hook, you know, so it's take your time. There's no rush. And these guys are fucking teenagers damn near, man. You got plenty of time to work with them. Yeah. And um, I love the progression. And I saw some people in the chat mentioning FTR to be the ones to take them down. Um, FTR is already fucking decorated enough, man. They're, they're, they are fucking made men. They don't they don't need him. He put any more fucking titles on them. They can't fucking carry them to the ring. Uh, l- listen, l- before before we even get into the FTR discussion, Jesse, they they actually came out at the end of this match because uh, Kyle O'Reilly was Kyle O'Reilly was just uh, fuming. He was giving the middle finger to the New Orleans crowd. He was crying bullshit, saying this was bullshit that they lost. They go up the ramp and then all of a sudden FTR, which by the way you mentioned to me, Jesse, they walked out of the heel tunnel, even though they have been getting. 
very, very loud baby face reactions. They walk out of the heel tunnel and they are getting into a shoving match with Red Dragon and they're wearing their new six-star FTR shirts. So they get into a verbal spat. They're shoving Red Dragon back and forth and then the segment comes to a close. Now, now you mentioned, you know, the, the chat was saying, what about FTR? What about FTR taking down Jurassic Express? You know, yes, it would be a little overkill, but the type of run, Jesse, that FTR is on right now, you, you don't really see a lot. You don't see all that often. If Tony Khan really wanted to ride the hot hand right now in his tag team division, that is FTR. He should go all the way with it. I would not be opposed to them taking the titles off of Jurassic Express and being the AW Ring of Honor and AAA Tag Team Champions all at the same time. It's going to be overload for their for their work schedule, but I honestly think the way that they are right now, they're the hottest they've ever been. They, they may be the best that they've ever been right now. So why not go at least explore that and go all the way with it? Because you have plenty of other tag teams that those titles can do wonders for rather than loading up a one one tag team with everything. Okay, and if you build up one tag team to be the fucking Super Saiyan of your tag team division and they start, uh, you know, and one of that, that, that one team, whoever it may be, beats FTR and how over they are and how fucking godlike they've been, don't you think that's going to rub off on the team that beats them? They're holding two sets of titles right now. Yeah, one, one doesn't really mean much of anything in the United States. So the AAA titles don't really mean much to me at all. Fine, fine. They're the ROH champions. Yeah. But... Um, they're still not the end-all, be-all of the tag division right now because right now beating the Young Bucks would be bigger than beating FTR right now because just because they're the Young fucking Bucks, you know. So I don't, I don't mean. Look, FTR is great, and if you put all the titles on them, I mean, if you give them all the fucking gold, they're worth it. I mean, they're great. But you can just do so much more by spreading the other titles around. And you can come around to an FTR versus these guys match. And and the match will be, you know, at even bigger stakes at this point, at that point. But I just don't see the point in putting the belts on FTR and you get literally a whole lot of tag teams in your company who deserve to be tag champ. Not just tag teams in the company, but tag team champion worthy teams. And you loaded them all on one tag team? Well, just the, I, just, just yeah, yeah. yeah. When they lose, I get it. When they lose, yeah, that'll make another team better. But they, they already, and this is why I mentioned the Bucks. They already have an ability to make a, another tag team better solely on the win, and that's the Bucks. And that would be bigger than beating FTR at this point. So, I mean, they great. They're great. I see what you mean, but spread the wealth, spread the fucking wealth, and expand the division that way. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I, I don't. Uh, I'm not really in the market. Never have been to uh, to really put all the belts on on one tag team or one solo act or one group. Uh, you know, it works when uh, when the undisputed era did it. It felt right when they had all the gold in NXT. I, I'm I'm going to go back to that and use, use that as a reference. When that happened, and Cole was the world champion, and Red Dragon was the tag team champions, and Roderick Strong was the North American champion. That all worked because that was playing into them running the show over there, and that was great. But the way I see it is, ju- just imagine, you know, if you're watching the Kentucky Derby and you got uh, th- this horse that is prized to win it and favored to win it, and he's he's winning the, the whole fucking race, and then out of nowhere comes this fucking underdog that's had no shot of winning the goddamn Kentucky Derby at all, and zooms past the finish line, and he wins the Kentucky Derby in a, a huge fucking upset. 
for what that uh, that that race should have been. A- imagine Jesse, that's that underdog horse, that come for by hind horse, is, is top flight, and you have FTR with, with all the championships, and you know all these other teams right now, they're not really going to be doing anything championship related. You, you, the young bucks lost to FTR, so they're in the back of the line. Uh, Lucha Brothers are not there right now because Fe- uh, Phoenix is out. You, you got um, Santana Ortiz. They're busy with uh, with Jericho. The acclaimed Anthony Bowens is hurt. So right now may be a great time for Tony Khan to explore putting the belts on FTR. Maybe a team like Top Flight starts winning some matches and they jet past everybody. And then when they want to challenge FTR, they take the Ring of Honor tag team titles. They they take the, the AW tag team titles and put a kink in their armor. I, I think that would be a great story to tell. So it definitely has its pros and cons. It does. I mean, I could, I could, I mean, I could see it, but I, I just think you'd be pushing it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like we, we get it. They are the best. They're great. But I mean, let's not overkill it. And then when we get other things we could be doing with those titles right now. So you're not a fan of Roman Reigns holding both world championships. No, they have no one other than Roman. So he needs to have, give him all the fucking titles. What about, uh, what about Mr. Rhodes? You on board with that? Young boy, with uh, Co- young boy with Cody beating uh, the Tribal Chief? If they plan on getting to Rock next year, no. No? No. If they plan on getting to Rock at WrestleMania, Cody beating Roman just derailed, derailed all of it. Well, he'll have, uh, he, well, I guess, I guess well, it, it would have to be for one of the championships. It can't be for two. It can't be for two titles. Because I do I think I, I do think WWE, I do think WWE is going to have a title on the line in that Rock match when it does happen, but I don't necessarily think that match needs a world title. He he, he can't lose though, man. They got to find another way to get the title off of him, relinquish it, something, some bullshit, so come up with some bullshit, man. But I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna pin Roman before Rock. So you, you think the Rock is going to beat Roman? No, they're not going to pin Roman until Roman gets to Rock. And then, no, Roman's still going to win. But after that, they can go ahead and pin Roman. You know, this is uh, this is the handcuff of the WWE creative team, AEW creative team. You can't put the belts on everybody in that situation because th- then it ties up everything, and then you don't know what to do. And, yeah. and that's, a, that's a tricky situation. And this, I don't think that's uh, the case with FTR, but I'd like to see it. You know, it's something different. And you don't see a team that dominant come along in, in this type of run and— I think it'd be fun, and it would be a, a great way to get a, a young team like Top Flight over, or or maybe or maybe the Hardys they take down FDR. Who knows? So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, and Wheeler Yuta, the new made man Wheeler Yuta, in the Blackpool Combat Club. They are now a threesome. We may be looking at the first trio champions if we ever get those fucking championships. That'd Wait be great. I gotta. I gotta. I got to call this one out. Scott Novak in the chat had a um, damn good idea. Um, if Rock comes out and costs Roman one of those titles in the title match. Yes. Okay. I could get behind and that. One of the titles off of him. And you start building a feud for Rock and Roman later. I could get behind that. I could do that. WWE's got to pay Rock for a non-appearance, though. Oh, man. How much is he going to cost? I would think he'd need to be doing it for free, but an appearance, an appearance. Rock, rock do something for free, bro. Give me a break. You need to be. I, you, look, man, look. Rock is great. 
And the guy is oozing charisma and everything else, but we all know that he got his shot because of Vince, man. I think showing up on Raw should be, you know, pro bono. You get paid from a title match, you know, at WrestleMania. I, I Listen, I agree with you. I think that would be... Uh, who knows, man? Dwayne apparently is a swell individual. He may actually end up doing that. Who knows? But, uh, you know, Brian Danielson, Moxley, Willie Uta, we may be looking at the trio champions at some point if these belts ever get created and make it to television. Danielson said that they're fired up about their six-man tag team match on Rampage against the Gun Club. 24-0, and 0, Jesse, is the Gun Club. Are we looking at their first loss on Friday night? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going uh, to beat William Regal's boys, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those guys are done, dude. <laughs> Moxley said they're a bunch of goofs, exactly what we need less of in AEW. He said they'll bust their faces... And Wheeler Yuta said on Friday, the real work begins. Those were the last words that Moxley uttered to him after the match that we saw on Friday's Rampage. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think, uh, you know, uh, you know, Wheeler Yuta is going to be a great addition to the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. And I'm looking forward to see his ascent. If he, if he made it this far and he's over as he is and he's aligned with Brian and Moxley, to me, Jesse, I, I don't, and he's great. He's, he's killed it. I, I don't think there's any way for him to fucking, you know, go back. Go backwards. He's he's only got up to look forward to here, being aligned with all three of these men. Yeah, man. These guys are going to win the trio's titles and probably never, ever, ever lose. No. So, they, I mean, you just you just cannot beat a trio like that. You got Mox, you got Brian, and you got a guy that all three of these guys have signed off on, and we see his in-ring work. These guys are going to be untouchable, man. Yeah. I think that's going to be great, and I think that's exactly where they should go. If, like I said, those Shrio championships ever get to AEW Dynamite. And the competition in that division for those titles. Man, there's there's a boatload of competition for these guys for those titles. Bro, give me the Blackpool Combat Club versus the House of Black. Yes. Holy shit. Imagine that. Anyway, moving on. We got Tony Storm. Tony Storm. And Jamie Hayter. Now, this has been... A widely asked question. What is Tony Khan going to do with Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm in the Owen Hart Foundation Cup? So everybody's like, oh, when are these two women going to battle? When are these two women going to go face to face? Jesse, I'm still trying to put my finger on why everyone is so interested in this match, bro. Do you have any inside scoop as to why people would be over the moon about a match with Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter, man. I can't put my finger on it. I'll tell you what it's not. Boobs. What, what, what is it? What, what are you talking about? The itty-bitty titty committee, man. Why, 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 does, that have, why, why does that need to, to make it to uh, live podcast realm here? Who it's cares? Not, it's not for their boobs. I can tell you that. But what, 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 like, I can't, I can't figure it out, man. What, what is the reason? Nah, does Jamie, does Jamie Hayter have an OnlyFans that we don't know of? Oh, oh, man, yeah, yeah, you, uh, I gotta talk to you about your OnlyFans. Uh, I had some, um, questions in my last stream. People wanted to know what the real cost of Tony Storm's OnlyFans oh, was. Oh, I, 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 I have no idea. All right. I, I don't, I don't have that, uh, that, that type of information in front of me. Yo, I, listen, I could call Ryan Satin, bro. I mean, I mean, he, he knows all the fucking financials of this this situation. You know, day one, okay. man, within within an hour, he knew how much he was making. Okay, maybe fine. he's in charge of the whole fucking thing. 
Maybe he's let's, filming it. Let's just let's just pause the stream and you can just tell me on the side. Okay. I I I I, I I I I don't I don't ha- I don't have that type of uh, information, bro. You know, may, 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 listen, bro. You, you, I'm sending you out to the field, man. Maybe you could go ask Juice Robinson. He doesn't want to wrestle no more. Nobody's listening. How much for the feet picks? Listen, bro. This match is going to be awesome. Listen, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to this. I want cut both male and female uh, sides of this thing. I, I tell you, man. I said it from day one. Jamie Hader and Tony Storm. When Jamie Hader got here. I knew she was going to be a, a a welcome addition, but now, man, you're seeing them both and the hyping this up. They're going to be great uh, <clears throat> assets to the division. It's going to be great, right? Only you, as a fan, would know, man. Why would I know? You have eyes. I mean, well, I mean, you have the inside scoop, bro. I don't have no scoop, man. So these two are going at it. Tony Storm says nothing. She's going to let her uh, in-ring work do the talking. And Jamie Hayter pretty much uh, let Tony Storm walk away without really saying much of anything. She said this will be a crowning moment and said she'll break her face. Storm just looked at her, smiled, and walked away. You know why she's smiling, bro? Because she knows that she is going to go home, make uh, a couple of thousand off of um, off of some poor schmucks, and then show up on Wednesday and beat Jamie Jamie Hader's ass. Now, I, I, bro, I don't I don't pay for that type. Of, I don't need to pay for that type of thing, bro. I don't. I support anybody that wants to have an OnlyFans, man. I believe you don't need to pay for it, bro. Issa has an OnlyFans. I support Issa doing OnlyFans. Oh, Issa, oh, you you Issa too? Okay, well there you go. Tony Storm, Issa, you get a nice Friday night. Man. <laughs> there you go. This guy's a fucking asshole. Not only does he have reverb and fucking feedback in his microphones, he's fucking pissing me off now. Fuck out of here. We all know what you think about Tony Storm. Yes. Made it yes. abundantly clear. Yes. She opened an OnlyFans and her inbox flooded. With messages from wrestling fans, not named JD from NY. Oh, all right. You say so, man. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the match. I think uh, the tournament is going to be lined up with some great AEW women's talent and the men as well because uh, this thing is going to be a big deal. And I hope Tony Khan, uh, with the winner, we get some real prize at the end of this thing, meaning a championship opportunity, which I'll talk about when we get to the uh, not-so-good Thunder Rosa and Nyla Rose segment. Captain Sean Dean... This man is on a monumental win streak, bro. He went one-on-one with MJF tonight, and I even tweeted, I'm like, uh, how soon can we start booking Captain Sean Dean and Adam Page for the AW World title of Double or Nothing? I knew he was going to have this huge night ahead of him, bro, and what happened? He defeated what? MJF for a second Clean. time, bro. Clean. Clean. Clean as a whistle. Clean as a whistle. Give this man all the fucking titles, man. This match started off, obviously, major heat on MJF. MJF was playing around with his jacket, like a bomber jacket or a wrestling jacket, old school wrestling jacket on, and he couldn't unzip his jacket because uh, I guess his scarf was stuck in the jacket. So this was all a, a, a ploy. This was all a hoax, and he unzipped the jacket after he beats Captain Sean Dean from behind. So we immediately see the cameras go right to the back and there are casualties in the back. Security guards laid all over the place. MJF was concerned for a moment. 
He resumed beating down Sean Dean because, I mean, he doesn't want to lose to the captain on Dynamite. So he goes to the outside. He throws Dean into the barricade, throws Dean back into the ring. He goes back outside to, you know, uh, gloat in front of the AEW faithful. And then out of nowhere from behind, we get this big, overwhelming figure wearing a security AEW polo, and he's wearing a black mask, face mask. He goes to MJF, stands behind MJF, pulls his mask down, and it's Wardlow. He turns around, MJF sees Wardlow there, and he chased MJF over the barricade. MJF slithered slithered through the ring, ran halfway up the ramp. Wardlow pulled a a fucking epic move out of his bag. He slithered from one side of the ring to the other side in the blink of an eye, and he was there, and he was about to get his hands on MJF, but Sean Spears comes out of nowhere and nails him from behind with a steel chair. Crowd at this point started chanting, you fucked up, you fucked up to Sean Spears because he was about to get a powerbomb symphony on the outside. All of a sudden, he's about to powerbomb Sean Spears, and security cards, uh, guards come out, and they stop Wardlow. But Wardlow ran through all of them until Moore finally came out and restrained him completely. The official was counting MJF out at this point, Jesse, Bryce Rumsberg. He was up to an eight and a nine, and MJF gets on the microphone and says, Bryce, stop. Don't count to 10. For the love of God, please don't count to 10. Whatever Tony Khan is paying you, I will pay you three times the amount that Tony Khan is paying you not to count to 10. Crowd is saying, don't do it, don't do it. And Bryce Remsburg is looking at the timekeeper. What do I do? What do I do? Fuck it. 10. And he rings the bell and MJF gets counted out. And Captain Sean Dean is now 2-0 against MJF. Smile on Wardlow's face from ear to ear. And they get in the ring and they are upset. He's shoving Remsburg. Spears broke it up. Bro, this was fucking fantastic. Everything about this crowd ate it up. They loved it. This storyline, man, has been booked week to week as perfect as it could be. Three things that I I loved about this whole segment. The first was when MJF came out and they started off with the wide shot of the crowd. The crowd went from neutral to nuclear in seconds. Fans got up, stood up on their feet just to boo the holy hell out of NJF. That is heat. That is how you get heat. When a heel comes out, you should hear nothing but fucking boos. And that's what we got. It's just a testament to how over this guy is as, as a heel. Second thing was when Wardlow revealed himself and he came out to ringside, he had MJF right there. All he had to do was grab him, but he didn't. Why? Because, A, if he would have grabbed him, he would have gotten um, Captain disqualified, and he wanted to fuck him over. And two, the real reason, they're keeping these guys apart until they get to their match together. So that is 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 appreciated. And the third thing is now MJF has now yet another loss on his record. You know, at a time in the company where, oh, if you got a bunch of losses, job or nobody, and oh, this guy shouldn't be, he should be doing this. They are putting losses. They're putting L's on MJF's record 
and it's still making him look good and it's making his opponent look good at the same time and people are liking it and enjoying it. This is a win all around, all around. Yes, this is not a loss in the typical way that we usually see. This is not like a, a ricochet thing on fucking SmackDown where he's losing the two guys in the same night. MJF has not been pinned. So with, with something like this, the way that Jesse described it, you know, it, it all works so brilliantly. MJF loses because of Wardlow, and Wardlow didn't put his hands on Captain Sh- uh, on, on on MJF because he, he knew that he would uh, get Dean disqualified here. It, it all works so so great, and the attention to detail is the part that I appreciate most because you know something like that is so overlooked in so many different promotions. And they're getting it all right. Everything is so finely tuned here. And a lot of people, you know, they were complaining when they had that big six-man tag. It was, it was MJF and FTR versus Sting, Darby, and, and CM Punk. And if you remember, Jesse, Punk and MJF, that entire six-man tag team match, they, they didn't touch one fucking time. So a lot of people were like, oh, well, why are they doing a six-man tag if they're, uh, they're not going to touch? Because the, the, the match that you're selling is the match on pay-per-view. If you give away anything, a touch, a hair pull, a punch, you're giving away pretty much your pay-per-view match live on television, and you don't want to do that. WWE has made a mistake several times over and over and over again, seemingly every month, by giving away pay-per-view matches, and then we get to the pay-per-view, nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to see it. We've seen it fucking six times before. And big moments in a match that should be given away on pay-per-view have been given away on free TV, and there's no surprise. There's no unpredictability. This is why I love Tony Khan and the booking that he does and the talent that he works with. They they just get it, and I appreciate that. Yeah, this this is this this storyline is has gotten Wardlow over. Yes, um, incredibly. Yeah, way more than I could have anticipated. And I know the guy is great. I knew he was going to get over, but MJF has gotten Wardlow. I mean, more over than I can even imagine him, man. MJF is getting Wardlow over more than Jericho get MJF over. I mean, be, be, be his heat, the amount of heat that MJF just, just emanates. I mean, people want to see him get his ass kicked. People want to see him get his ass kicked by Wardlow. So whenever we see MJF, people are looking around and chanting Wardlow. Wardlow's going to kill you. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. He's slowly become one of the top baby faces out of nowhere. Yeah, he. I mentioned this last week uh, when um, you uh, you were missing on last week's show. It, it is very similar to the early, early stages of, of Goldberg's ascent in WCW. The way that they're chanting Wardlow, it, it's very WCW Nitro-esque with the way Goldberg had his meteoric rise over on Monday Nitro, it's not going to be as big, and the audience is not uh, a fucking seven and an eight on on a Wednesday night like it was for uh, right. WCW on, on a Monday night. But I mean, when he gets his hands on MJF for the first time at Double or Nothing, man, that crowd is going to be a nuclear, like you said, for MJF. But holy shit, man, that place is going to come unglued when Wardlow gets a, a first hand. Never mind a fucking powerbomb, first hand on MJF. Yeah, so, I mean, we can look forward to the next um, progression in this feud. And um, Wrestling 101 has told us it's going to be somewhere along the lines of Wardlow getting his ass just murdered. Murdered by 
um, Sean Spears or whoever, whatever cronies that they throw out at him, maybe the whole AFHO, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him and you're going to get more sympathy for Warlord. Warlord's going to get his revenge back. It's going to be a feel-good fucking moment. Can't wait. So after all this and the shoving with Remsburg and Spears getting in there to break it up, they cut backstage to Warlow, who was uh, breaking free from all the security guys that had detained him on the outside earlier. And he yelled in the camera, took the camera by both ends, yelled into the camera that he will not stop until MJF frees him of his personal services contract. That was a great segment as well, going right from what happened here in the ring to the back. And then we get uh, the camera cutting out as if uh, Wardlow destroyed the camera. Everything about this is fucking perfect. I, I can't wait to see this match, uh, double or nothing. And they have, you know, MJF seemingly is always a part of something that is just, you know, so good that you can't get enough of it. And that's why I honestly think, you know, a lot of people are looking at him as uh, as one of the pillars of AEW. Yes, world champion. Yes, but I mean, the guy's only 25 years old. Imagine what he's going to be doing fucking 10 years from now. He's, he's going to be a Hall of Famer by, by, by the time he's 30. Yeah. It's crazy. It is so fucking crazy. Speaking of, did you listen to the podcast today that I sent to you? I did not, man. I was doing Grandmaster Nightfalls on Destiny 2. Can't do a Grandmaster Nightfall when I'm playing with blueberries and I got to carry fucking people on a Grandmaster, bro. Come on. Because they, they, they're going to fall into that conversation we had about tag teams, bro. Really? It's looking like, yeah, it's what it's looking like, yeah. You think they may end up over here? It's what it's looking like, man. These guys, you gotta watch, you gotta watch the show. Guys, we're, we're talking about the authors of pain on Renee Paquette. I I thought they were great, man. You know, I, you know, with um who the fuck was with them? Who was with them? I forgot Rick his Drake fucking name. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who was their manager? Paul Ellering. Paul Ellering, yes. He was. Man, that was a fucking great act. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Isn't he looking for a new crew or something? No, that's Tully Blanchard. Oh, that's right. Tully Blanchard. Yeah, Paul Ellering. Yeah, Paul Ellering was with the Legion of Doom, and then he was on NXT. I'm not sure if he wanted. There was a report that he didn't want to travel. He said that was bullshit. Um, He said that was bullshit, yeah. Yeah, uh, Paul Ellering, you know, Triple H put Paul Ellering with the Authors of Pain, and, you know, they 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 were green. But they were big fucking guys, and they were believable. They were legit. Triple H made them into a formidable tag team, and when they got called up to the main roster, bro, I remember that on night one, they they took Paul Ellering away from the Altars of Pain right right from the get-go. They were dead. Bro, you have to hear this podcast. They they opened up about a lot of the stuff that we speculated on. Yeah. Talked about how they were treated and who did it to them and why they left. And but These are... And you hear their story. These are two stand-up dudes. Wait, wait, are, wait, wait. wait. Are, why, why, why they left and who they, who they uh, blamed for it? Is it, is it who I think it is? They, 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 they say they were, they were um, lied to, like directly lied to by um, Bruce. By, no, not fucking Bruce, man. Carano. Oh well, he's gone now anyway. Yeah, that's what they said. That's, they, they never said his name. They never said his name. But they alluded to who it was, and they said he's gone now anyway. <laughs> no, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it because I'm very curious. I always love that fucking juicy backstage fucking shit that uh, a lot of people, you know, they know we talk about here, but they don't really believe. And when the, when it comes out in something like this, I'm like, yeah, I I, I know, I, I know exactly what's going on. But yeah, I'd love they, to I'd love they, to see them here with Paul Ellering, bro. I think that would be great. Yeah, dude. They they said that they said that they were given a gimmick um, change. 
or something along the lines of that. They were given something to come out and do, and they disagreed with it. They did not like it. And WWE started doing WWE shit about it. So they just said, you know what? We'll just stay home. So they fucking stayed home. They just they they just pulled a punk in that regard. They just stayed home. They don't want to they didn't want to come out and look like the way that they tried to book FTR in those fucking costumes, basically. God, I can only imagine what the fuck they wanted to do with those guys. I mean, it was bad enough they had fucking Drake Maverick padded with them, and then he pissed his pants on pay-per-view as their manager. So you can see the direction they were trying to go with them. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. they These are some really stand-up dudes, and they said they're trying to get back into wrestling. They're getting back into wrestling right now. That would be great. I'd love to see that. I would love to see them. Yes, guys, we're talking about the Altars of Pain. Uh, Moxley's wife, uh, Renee Paquette, interviewed them, Jesse said, on her podcast. It's on YouTube right now if you guys want to go to her channel. Uh, I'd love to see them in AEW, and I'd love to see them with Paul Ellering, man, because I think that would be a formidable duo, and I'd love to see how uh, how advanced they are from the days that we saw them in NXT and on WWE television, see what they could do now in uh, AEW. I think that'd be great. But I don't they they bring a new sense of legitimacy. Yeah. When you see when you see the shit that they've gotten into post WWE, the legit fighting and the legit. I mean, these guys are killers, man. Fucking killers. Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Tony Khan's uh, got his finger on the pulse. I think he I think he knows uh, who he needs, who he wants, who he doesn't want. So we'll see what happens with them. But I, I wish them nothing but the best, and I'd love to see a reunion, like I said, with Paul Ellering. So we get out of this MJF stuff, excellent stuff. It's it's just so fucking good. It's so good. Uh, we go from that to a black and white vignette on Darby Allen skateboarding down a road. And there was a car driving by, occasional cars driving by. And he then showed a knocked over frame of a coffin. And he said he'll put a nail in this whole thing. And he challenged Andrade to a coffin match. Now, we've only had one other coffin match, Jesse. It was with Ethan Page, I believe, and Darby Allen. And this will be the second coffin match. I, I do think that this one will uh, be far superior to the first one that we saw. And I think this is going to be one hell of a main event next week on AEW Dynamite. So is the coffin just becoming Darby's thing, though? Yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I mean... I, I, I don't want to... Listen, I don't want to see him in a coffin match every time he's got to blow off a feud... You know, oh, yeah. you, you do it too many times, then it becomes not special anymore. But, I mean, this is the second time. I'll I'll take it. It's a match with Andrade. I'll take it. Anything to see those guys back in the ring. That uh, a barn burner of a match uh, not too long ago. But I, I think after this, I, th- I don't think we see a call for a match for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm not complaining about it. I mean, it was, you know, as long as it's kept special for him, I don't want to see everyone else doing fucking coffin matches. Now, that should be Darby's thing. Yeah. No, I so, agree. But I like it. Who's getting buried, bro, legitimately? Is Andrade going to get buried here? No. He's going to bury Darby. Mm. I, I, w- I would say Andrade has to win the match. I would say Andrade has to win the match. Yeah. So, yeah. This would be just as bad as Bruce. Yeah. But AEW would be doing it legitimately. But Darby can take it. Uh, Darby can take it for sure. Alistair Black, we saw a vignette with Alistair Black. Uh, I don't know where he was. He, he looked like he was outdoors. We saw something similar to this last night on NXT with Joe Gacy. He was outside in front of a fucking burning uh, oil can, burning Rick Steiner's Hall of Fame ring. So I believe he was outdoors here was uh, Alistair, Al- Malachi Black, Alistair, Malachi Black. He's right back in the fucking closet, man. Well, he's outside. He's not in the closet. 
He's outside now. Okay. Yeah, so he's out, he's right. outside in the dark, but he's not in the okay, dark. Well, he's out of the yeah, dark. He's not sniffing. Okay. He's not sniffing the, the sniffing the bleach. He's not with the ammonia. Okay, good. So he talked about the main difference between him and Darby. He talked graphically about how if you opened his throat, you'd see a dark abyss of razor blades. I I think it was Darby. I think he did mention Darby. He said Darby has a fan base that adores him because he allows allows him that or he allowed him that. And he said what the house gives, the house can take. He says he wants Darby to be afraid of the shadows. We're looking at a Darby versus Malachi Blackview, bro. Now, I know Andrade and Malachi had a little uh, camaraderie early on in Malachi's uh, beginnings here, but are we uh, are we kind of crossing that path again here? Is he gonna is he gonna show face next week in this coffin match? Take my money. Take my money. That's all I gotta say about that as well. Yep. Jericho Appreciation Society. This was Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and. Jake Hager versus Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Fun stuff here. Ortiz came out wearing 2.0's shoes around his neck because they stole the shoes off of the airline runway that they drove their sedan on earlier in the day. And Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society came out. They had this uh, new, I guess, spoken word right before Judas played about sports entertainers and this being sports entertainment being narrated by Daniel Garcia. And then Judas hit and Jesse, you said something to me and I do agree with you because I know I had uh, previously mentioned it as well. And I was even giving uh, hints on what Fozzie songs I think would be a great replacement for Judas. If they want to be heels, bro, I do agree with you. I think Judas needs to take a fucking hike. Yeah. Yeah. Judas needs to go away. Um, It can go away. Excuse me. It can go away. It can be put in the shelf from now, and Judas can come back when Jericho makes his um, next babyface turn. But you can't. I mean, they're in the back cutting, you know, sports entertainer promos and doing heel shit, and they come out and get the crowd cheering and singing Judas. It's counterproductive. You know, let's just be heels. Let's not be cool heels. You know, you guys are sports entertainers. You guys should be dicks. So you should actively take away Judas you know, publicly because you don't want these assholes singing your theme song anymore. You know, something like that. Yes, I agree with you guys. Painless is a great song as well for uh, what we have going on with Jericho. But, um, you know, it's his bread and butter. It's what everybody loves. So I don't think he's going to change it. It gives him a sense of uh, I'm the fucking man when everybody's singing his theme song. And he, you know, it's actually his song and his band song. So there's some sort of Great joy there that uh, Jericho gets out of that. So I don't see it being changed anytime soon. But I do agree. He needs to be a heel, or he is a heel, and he needs to kind of take that away from the fans as a big FU. But Santana and Jericho started things off. They were throwing middle fingers at each other. Hold on. And- they, can, they can give them, they can use another um, Fozzy song, sure. But what if they went a step further and found some um, um, unlicensed. Um, um, WWE theme song just to solidify the sports entertainment. Listen, thing. bro, you know you know what they need to do. And I, I I get where you're going with this. You know what they need to do? They need to drop Judas, and they need to hire Jim Johnston to write their own their their, their new theme song because he's he's uh, the composer for WWE for many 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 decades, and he needs to write the Jericho Appreciation Society's new theme, and it needs to be something similar to a WWE theme, not like a Judas, not like a, an actual band, but he needs to compose their music to give that WWE vibe. 
to the why, uh, why, JAS. Why are you taking food off of Mikey Ruckus's table? Man? I don't want to take food off of Mikey. Mikey Ruckus is the best composer in all wrestling. Well, well, then maybe he should do the music. Well, he didn't, he didn't really compose Judas, so it would be the same thing. Uh, Judas was there before Mikey, man. Yes. Yeah, so Mikey yeah, Mikey has uh, a thousand other fucking things to worry. He, clearly, he needs to write new music for fucking Marina Shavir. Well, I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know. It's not like something that, like, um, Regal would have came out to. It's not like that Blackpool, England type feel. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, man. Holy shit, you're talking about fucking one of the worst AEW segments I've ever seen. Marina Shafir's a part of that. Anyway, uh, the JAS here. So it's Santana and Jericho, middle fingers here to each other. Ortiz and Hager paired off. Power slam from Hager allowed the JAS to take control. Ortiz, uh, he got some space after being beaten down. He was cut off by Garcia. He finally escaped to reach Kingston for the hot tag. Kingston took care of everybody on the apron before hitting a double underhook suplex. Santana hit the three amigos suplex followed by a frog splash. Homage to Eddie Guerrero. Ortiz tagged in, kept up the attack as Kingston took out Hager with a suicide dive. Ortiz tossed Garcia into Jericho as Santana landed a dive on Hager. 2.0 ran down the aisle. Shoeless, by the way. They ran out, and Ortiz wiped them out with a huge dive over the top rope. Garcia then was alone in the ring, and Kingston tagged in, hitting an exploded suplex. Garcia avoided the spinning backfist. Jericho behind the referee's back. Hit Kingston with Floyd the Bat, and Garcia went for the quick cover, one, two, three, and the Jericho Appreciation Society steal a victory over Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. When are we going to see this come to an end, Jesse? When are we going to see this come to an end? Because Tony Khan was interviewed, and he said, and he was asked a question, bro, about the blood and guts match, and he said, this year, we will see a blood and guts match on AEW television, he was asked about this by ESPN. And he says, I'd say to expect blood and guts this summer. Now, unless Kenny Omega's coming back, I don't really see Kenny Omega coming out of all of these injuries and getting healed from all these injuries to step foot in a blood and guts match, bro. Could we see blood and guts end up being Jericho again, this time with the Jericho Appreciation Society against Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and maybe one other who wants to join in the fight here? Uh, that's currently the only feud right now that would um, that would be, you know, suitable for blood and guts. So I don't see why not. Um, he said this summer, um, how do you get these guys to this summer? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Don't, it's been, it seems like it's been going on forever. Yeah, I don't want it to get stale on us, man. I mean... They need blood and guts right away. I mean, so I don't know how they're going to get to that, but we'll see. Um, and also, at the same token, they could also build another blood feud between now this summer as well, between anyone else to make us get, to make us say, okay, I want to see these guys in blood and guts. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and listen, it, it may be the Jericho Appreciation Society. It may end up being the, the Blackpool Combat Club. We, we don't know. It, it could be legitimately anybody. We don't know if they're done adding anybody to the BCC. We don't know. There's rumor about Cesaro coming in. I think he fit perfect in the Blackpool yeah, Combat yeah, Club. If they, if they get if they get Claudio, dude, he's going straight to that fucking club right away. So it, it could be a situation where we get a blood and guts match, and they are in it against whomever they're feuding with at the time. So we'll see what happens. He was also asked about a uh, not a Canadian stampede, but a stadium stampede match. 
explaining that the stipulation was a product of the pandemic. And he said to ESPN, I'll have to get back to you on that. I've thought about it. It's a very different wrestling world now than it was during the pandemic. I think it's a great match, a signature match for us that people really enjoyed. So uh, it it doesn't really exist in this live uh, atmosphere now. That was a pandemic thing that he said. I'm I'm all right without seeing another stadium stampede match. It was for the time, Jesse. And I don't want to be brought back to a time where we were kind of forced to have that. We don't need to have that anymore. Nah. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it was fantastic. Especially fantastic that second one. For what it was and for what we needed it to be during that time. But unless you're going to fill a stadium with fans, not, you don't need to see that again. Yeah, I don't think so. So uh, the JIS win here ends. It's not over by a long shot. So we may be looking at uh, a possible blood and guts being that Tony Khan uh, was asked that question this week. It was answered, and we have something here that could possibly fit in it. So we'll see what happens later this summer. Marina Shafir. Marina Shafir making her AEW Dynamite debut against Sky Blue, who apparently is uh, the fan favorite of a lot of people out there. And this ended in three minutes. And I have been very critical of Marina Shafir. First of all, Jay Cargill was standing in the back uh, next to Mark Sterling, who was taking notes on Marina Shafir's performance tonight. Uh, not really much to take notes on because it was absolutely atrocious. Jay Cargill had the type of reaction that I would have had. I would have been on my phone scrolling through my timeline on Twitter, and that's exactly what she was doing, not paying attention to this match with Marina Shafir. Now, Jesse, you said on Dark that she looked a lot better than what we saw tonight, but from what I saw, and I don't watch Dark, but I believe you and what you say. If you say she's good and she's gotten better, I believe she's gotten better. But what I saw was, A, one of the worst segments in AEW Dynamite history. Crowd came to an absolute standstill in silence, bro. It was eerie. It was fucking unlike anything I've ever heard on Dynamite before, especially with this crowd that was hot all night. And two... She reminded me of exactly why I thought she sucked in NXT again all over again tonight on Dynamite. She was no better than what I saw of her in NXT, man. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, this was not good. This was this was not good. And the way that she looked in the one match that I saw her in on Dark, uh, she looked much better than this. Well, well. first of all, before you continue, who was she in the ring with on Dark that she looked a lot I, better? I don't remember. I believe it was just some uh, um, enhancement talent, to be honest. Okay, so that's pretty much like Sky Blue, then, because she's yeah, an enhancement but, talent. Pretty much. I was getting ready to say, like, maybe maybe it was a Sky Blue thing, maybe, but, I mean, at the same time, you can tell it was just, like, bad on all sides of the spectrum. So um, I can't even put that all on Sky Blue. I mean, it was it was just not good. They they had a match for her on dark. She did look good in it. And I think the everyone else saw what I saw. So they rushed to the TV and she kind of shit the bed. And it was not good. But but you can see, you can see the change that did make to it. She wasn't trying to do too much. She wasn't trying to do a bunch of um wrestling and holes that she didn't know how to do. Um she was just impactful, she was methodical, and she was slow, but it just didn't come off good here. I mean, it, it it came off a lot better on Dark. And when I saw her on Dark, she looked much better than the last time we saw her. 
didn't what, 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 what did you say? She didn't try. She didn't try to do just, too much. It, it it didn't mean she looked fantastic. She just looked better. Wait, but you you just said she didn't try to do too much, right? On dark, right? Well, what about here? What, what what did she try to do tonight? I don't know what the fuck she tried to do. Whatever she did, obviously didn't work. Yeah, no. I mean, she she did a lot of judo throws, things like that. That's the problem. She gets sloppy at the end. That's the fucking problem. You you want the, the 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 focus of the problem here? That's the problem. Judo throws. I'm over this shit, bro. I'm, I, listen, this is gonna be probably the one AEW Dynamite review where if you're an AEW fan, you're probably not gonna listen to me anymore, man. This shit sucks. She doesn't belong on television. I don't believe that she was really tr- properly trained in NXT. I don't know who the fuck she's training with. Uh, the, the announcers, I believe, um, uh, Excalibur said that she was training with Serena Deeb, if I'm not mistaken. Nah, How are you training with Serena D, bro, and you're this bad? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear that part. I'm assuming she's training with her husband. Bro, her husband is one of the most, in in the ring especially, one of the most technically sound professional wrestlers on the planet. <laughs> like, if you don't get it, then I don't, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Why is she on television? And first of all, why is she even in a title feud with, with Jake Cargill? Now, Jay Cargill is in the process of getting better on her own. She's nowhere near the level of her leading a match. Bro, I'm expecting a fucking disaster when these two are in the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's It wasn't good. Um, she did look improved, but I didn't see enough to say, okay, let's put her in the ring with a, with a title holder and get her on Dynamite. I don't know who came to that conclusion. I mean... Uh, well, Tony Khan came to that conclusion. Well, yeah, I mean, he also came to the conclusion of tonight's show, too. Yeah, which was ultimately, you know, at, at the end of the day, if I'm going to have a fucking gun to my head, it's a great show. No, I mean the ending of the show. Oh, yeah, well, that sucked, yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, because they need bodies, I don't know, but they don't necessarily need bodies, man. They have bodies. I don't. They didn't need Marina to put in the ring to get to a game. I don't even know why this woman was given a contract. All you had to do was go watch her work in NXT. She was a bomb failure in NXT. Bombed it. Yeah. Yeah, she's on TV here. This is not what we need. And to be quite honest with you, this this fucking MMA style that uh, everybody wants to come in and bring to the fucking pro wrestling realm. Bro, you could be, you the, be- you could be the best <laughs> MMA fighter in the entire fucking world, bro. This shit does not work on national television, on a professional wrestling show, man. It does not translate good. The only thing that I say it ever worked for and ever worked with is Brock Lesnar. Because Brock, Le- Brock Lesnar is one of a kind. Dan Severn was great, too, when he was in uh, WWE. But that's about it, bro. It doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, Shayna Baszler made it work in NXT because that was Triple H's vision. They, they, they dumped that shit on the main roster. Ronda Rousey is a fucking train wreck. It worked for Ronda two years ago. Yeah, it worked for Ronda because, you know, she needed to succeed. Now she's back and she's fucking, you know, not there. She's not there with Triple H. She's there with Bruce and Vince. That's the fucking problem. Shayna <laughs> fucked it up. Ronda's, Ronda's fucked up. Uh, I'm not expecting much out of Paige Van Zandt either. I'm not. I'm expecting no. the same shit. No, I don't know what they're paying Ronda, man. And I'm assuming it's an extreme Ken Shamrock. How can I forget Ken Shamrock? Well, Ken Shamrock was fucking brilliant. But Ken Shamrock actually learned to fucking wrestle, though. He was great. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he was, he, he got, he got better as time went on. 
He really did. You, but you could see his. You could see how green he was on television. They they kind of rushed him, but he did develop into a into a um, a very good wrestler. Though. Yeah. But Ooh, this, but, I mean, I don't know what they're paying Ronda. I'm assuming it's mega money, mega money because she's Ronda. But man, they are definitely overpaying for her right now. She is not drawing. She's not interested. The fans aren't interested, and just no one gives a shit. People are saying Hook works in MMA style, too. Yes, but uh, Hook is like a mirror image of his fucking father. Like, that I can understand. Taz was great in ECW. This is not what Hook is doing. Hook is not going out there shitting the fucking bed like Marina Shafir did tonight against Sky Blue. This was an armbar. An armbar, Jesse. That that was it. Uh, Some strange fucking hole that she had. I don't know what she did. Judo throw into a triangle, I believe it was. And then the baddie section. Jay Cargill's baddie section's out there. We see Red Velvet and Kiera Hogan in the Jade Cargill baddie section, which I, I'm okay with. I'm okay with. You know, those are two beautiful ladies out there. That's fine. You're not going to find many that uh, are at that level to fit the baddie section. So Jade obviously got uh, some, some uh, upgrades in the baddie section. But the thing is, after the match was over, Maria Shafir adjusted her breasts on national television in front of the baddie section and I thought that was rather strange after the match was I don't know why she did that, why that action was needed in front of the baddie section. This is, this is a fucking disaster. Everything about this was a disaster. It was. It was. The crowd literally gave zero fucks about Her this theme match. music sucked. Crowd didn't give a shit. Nothing as far as the reaction. No emotion. The crowd was at some point dead silent. Because they didn't know what to think. You know, and this is a crowd. If they if they hated something, they would obviously shit on it. They, they the indifference is the fucking. Word. I would have rather them booed. The indifference yeah. and the silence. That's all you need to know to get this woman off TV. TK. She does not belong. In t- she don't even belong in the company. Just get her get her off TV. You don't need Marie Shafir for your women's division. You don't. Yeah, th- this was a rowdy crowd too. Yes. I mean, they were game for. I mean, whatever you got, like, hey, give us shit to cheer for. We'll do it. Awful. Absolutely yeah, was, awful. Yeah. But the, 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 she, she, she came out like there's no emotion. Nothing. Yeah. She looks like everybody else. Black pants, drew, uh, MMA style with the with the tank top and the braids in the LA. Let's get rid of this shit, man. And nobody wants to see this type of character and gimmick on television, man. It's played out. Let's get rid of this. Lexi Nair interviewed Hook backstage. Hook was about to say something. Hook was about to utter his first words on AEW television. He was in a gym backstage. She asked how he was doing. He was about to talk, and then Mark Sterling and Tony Nese interrupted. Nice said they should be interviewing someone who actually worked for their success, like Tony Nese. Hook stood up. Sterling and, Lee, and Nice left. It looks like uh, we may be getting Tony Nese versus Hook on Dynamite next week. Danhausen was in gym gear trying to curse Hook, and he threw a 12-pound ball, one of those weight balls, to Danhausen and Danhausen fell over trying to curse Hook as Hook walked away. Apparently Danhausen's curses don't work on Hook, bro. They don't work, bro. They don't and work. I mean, you know what? You know what? You know what else doesn't work, Danhausen? He needs to come up with a new fucking curse, bro. What was what's the interviewer's name again? Lexi Nair. That is Diamond Dallas Page's daughter. Is it? Am I the only one that when I see her? For some reason, I keep I, right away. My brain jumps to Noel Foley. I could see the similarities. 
You see that? Yeah. Man, every time I see it, I'm like, is that Noelle fault? And like, no, it's not her. Not her. I didn't know that was DDP's daughter. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, she does a decent job back there. But uh, you know what else doesn't work either, bro? Uh, Danhausen. Kind of over it. Danhausen, uh, I think Danhausen is working. Let me explain. The fans love him. And he's not using anything important. And he's not time-consuming anything on the show, per se. But the guy's over as fuck, dude. And I get it. He's not a wrestler. I get it. The fans fucking love him, man. Can we can the, we send him over to Monday Night Raw? The merch this guy is selling, the fan interaction, you know, his lines at, you know, meet and greets. People are paying money for this guy. Yeah. So well, I get I, mean, I get why he signed. It's just it's just not entertaining. No, it I mean it's getting a little boring. I mean, they can come up with some new shit for him to do me at some point. I'm sure they will. But in the meantime, people say, I don't know why he signed. The guy signed because he's making the money. Yeah. He's over. I don't like it. That's just my personal opinion. You could like it. I don't find it entertaining. I found it entertaining with the one time, two times, but it's the same fucking thing every time. Can we send them over to fucking Bruce's office and curse Bruce, please? I'd love to see that. I'd pay money to see that. I don't, I don't dislike it as much as you do. If that makes any sense. It's not bothering me. I'm not like sitting here like, we got to see more Dan Housen. But I'm also not sitting here saying, I'm so sick of fucking Dan Housen. I don't care either way about that now. And that's just me personally. You know what Moxley said earlier in the promo with uh, Brian and Yuta? No more of these uh, fucking nerds and these geeks backstage in AW. We need less of that. This is that. There you go. Ricky yeah. Starks. More Ricky Starks on television. I think that's what we need. More Will Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs on television. Yeah. They went against Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. This was a fun tag team match. Ricky Starks was incredibly over. In his hometown, big baby face reaction for the heel here in Ricky Starks. Hobbs and Swerve started off, and we got Hobbs obviously using his power advantage on a Swerve, taking him down with a fallaway slam. Starks tagged then got a big reaction, hitting a big uh, Undertaker-like old-school walk the top rope on Swerve, and he took Swerve down with a power slam. Swerve came back with uh, a, a couple of kicks and a drop kick. Uh, this allowed Lee, big man Keith Lee, to tag him. Bro, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I miss Bearcat. Bearcat Keith Lee, bro. What happened to Bearcat? Where's Bearcat, bro? Bearcat was sports entertained, bro. Oh, maybe he should join Jericho. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Anyway, I don't miss Bearcat. I'm just joking. Keith Lee is in there, and... He sent Hobbs to the outside, Starks to the outside. Swerve launched himself. This was great. Uh, Keith Lee, I don't know what the fuck he was doing when he was doing it, but he was on the apron. He was leaning into the the top rope of the ropes on the apron. And then Swerve jumps off of Keith Lee's chest and does a moonsault to the uh, or shooting star press to the outside. Fucking crazy. Crowd went crazy for that. Really, uh, really nice spot there. And uh, Team Taz was in control after the commercial break. Dropkick from Swerve allowed him to reach Lee again for a tag. Uh, So Lee got the hot tag. Team Taz tried to cut off Lee's offense. Lee did a leapfrog and took Starks and plowed into him. Shoulder tackle right into um, Will Hobbs. And then a combo discus forearm from Lee and Swerve got two. Starks countered a rolling cutter into a spear and... 
hit a flipping DDT for a good near fall. This was great. I, I thought it was a Canadian Destroyer at first. It was actually a, uh, just envision a Canadian Destroyer and, and just replace that with a DDT. That's exactly what Ricky Starks did there. So a flipping DDT there for a near fall. Swerve tossed Starks into Lee and he pounced him off of the momentum there. That was uh, a two count. Lee and Hobbs got in each other's face. Starks used a distraction to hit an Inziguri. Lee countered the Rochambeau as Taz started to walk down the aisle. So he was out there by ringside. Hobbs broke up a doomsday device, but was sent into the ring post. So Lee perched on Starks on the top rope, and then he came back with a diving spear. Starks covered, but was hit with a 450 splash from Swerve, which looked great. So Lee bounces off the ropes. Taz trips up Lee behind the referee's back. He stumbles into Powerhouse Hobbs right into a spine buster for the one, two, three. And Powerhouse Hobbs pins Keith Lee on Dynamite. Will Hobbs, bro, has the best spine buster in the business. Do not even bother to at me on that. Awesome. Preston Vance. Who? Preston Vance. Yes. Preston Vance is a better spine buster than Powerhouse Hobbs. Maybe just as good. Just as good. I don't know. I prefer Will Hobbs. But uh, this was a fun match, bro. Uh, Ricky Starks in New Orleans, hometown guy. Got over big time here. Swerve and Keith Lee performed very well as a tag team. Uh, Keith Lee is so over. I think the the pin by here uh, by Hobbs here was uh, the right decision, no question. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, Hobbs is also um, riding a little streak himself too. So um, it's good to see that. Um, he's also picking up crowd reactions, which I'm really happy to see that. Um, Ricky Starks with his home crowd reaction. As it should be. I mean, the the guy, you know, I mean, he's 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 so good, man. He is so fucking good at what he does. I remember even complaining about him on commentary a couple of years ago. He even got better at that. He even got better at that. They took him off of it for a while, and then he um came back to it. it was a little bit better, man. It was it was much much more palatable at that point. So. I'm just throwing, I'm I'm enjoying everything that Team Taz is doing. I am a little confused about how. Okay, I'm not confused about what they're doing with Hook. I'm confused about how they're trying to kayfabe Hook because he used to come out all the time with Team Taz, but now all of a sudden, Taz and Starks and Hobbs, no one fucking gives a shit about Hook. Like he's not even part of the team anymore. Uh, Hook, you know, look, Hook, Hook looks like the type of guy, bro, that uh, walks into the high school cafeteria and sits by himself because he fucking hates everybody that he goes to school with. But it wasn't like that before he debuted. I know. Well, maybe, may, maybe, maybe they don't want. Maybe they want. Uh, may, the, the, the the thing that I I think is here is that Hook, if he was with uh, these guys and aligned with these guys, it, it may actually overshadow what these guys are doing. So I think it may be good that Hook is doing his own thing, but still yet a part of Team Taz, and it gives Hobbs. And Starks time to shine because Hook, bro. I mean, the the momentum was there. The the crowd reactions were fucking bigger than anything Team Taz was doing. So I, that that's the reason why I think they took him out of there for now. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I I know why they did it. I know why they did. They don't want to overshadow. Not only that, they don't want to they want to overshadow. Yeah. At the same time, either. But as far as kayfabe and storytelling goes, the guy used to come out every fucking week with a dead. Yeah. Now not at all, and there's no explanation as. Well, what, what do you what do you think Keith Lee does going into the pay per view? You think we get another one on one match with him and Powerhouse Hobbs at uh, Double or Nothing? It it looks like they're trying to um, they're trying to get to that. 
me about to stare down their head. So um could be that, or maybe be looking at Ricky Starks. I can see that too. Actually, I would prefer that match. Yeah, me too. I, absolutely, me too. I would much rather see Ricky Starks and Keith Lee. Well, we'll see what happens with that, but this was a fun tag team match, and uh, the hometown guy, Ricky Starks, he gets the victory here along with Will Hobbs off that great-looking spine buster. Dan Lambert, Scorpio Sky, and Ethan Page, they were backstage, backstage promo. Ethan called Take Conti the future ex-girlfriend of Sammy Guevara. Ha, ha, ha. He said Sammy begged for a TNT title match, and when that happens, it will be the final time they get booed out of the building. Lambert called them the most obnoxious couple in the history of AEW, but did so in a way that implied that Cody and Brandy Rhodes used to be the most obnoxious couple in AEW. He asked what happened to the mixed tag team match that Conti wanted so badly. He said it'll be yet another Saturday night. She goes unsatisfied. Sky said at Battle of the Belt, the only thing bigger or getting bigger in Texas is his winning streak. Um, this match is booked for Saturday night. The Battle of the Belts to Sammy Guevara challenging for the TNT title against Scorpio Sky. I do not see Sammy winning the title. I think Scorpio retains. But the thing here, Jesse, is uh, the entire relationship of Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara. I think there was a report that they were booed on Rampage. And Tony Khan overdubbed the booze and got rid of them on the taped program. Did you hear about this story? Yes, I did. Do you agree with Tony Khan's actions there and altering what the crowd really does feel about Tay Conti and Sammy Guevara? Absolutely fucking not. Why do you think he's doing such uh, a Bruce Pritchard type thing in AEW? I genuinely have no idea because he knows whatever reaction he's trying to cover up on rampage he knows he can't cover it live crowd not only that he knows that word is gonna get around that it was covered up Mm -hmm. and they didn't have to wait for word to get around because his fucking talent said it themselves you know on social media and everything man i mean I don't need I don't need somebody to manipulate what i'm watching and hearing on tv you just feel it when you watch them on tv I love Sammy. I think Sammy is fucking phenomenal. I think Tay Conti, you and I have uh, praised Tay Conti for the work that she's done uh, when she was uh, in the thick of things for the Women's Championship. Her match against Britt Baker was probably the best thing that she's done in her entire AEW run. She's gotten better, and we appreciate the work that she's done to progress and get better at what she does. We, we think that they're both great, but the relationship that they've taken that is real life and have now brought to television you're, mirror, you're mirroring what Edge and Lita did. Edge and Lita were two incredibly over-talents. And when all of that shit came out, the Rated R Superstar, and you know they, they, they brought real life to the television and, and the whole Matt Hardy situation, you know that was a reason to fucking legitimately boo the shit out of Edge and Lita. But we love them because nobody could be Edge and nobody could be Lita. I mean, they're one of a kind. This, bro, it just comes off as two uh, teenagers who are parading around, throwing their relationship. Oh, look at my hot girlfriend. Look at her. Look at her amazing ass, right? And Sammy Guevara bragging about it on social media and, and fucking nude photos with the TNT title. Nobody wants to see that, dude. Nobody wants to see that. And honestly, now that they're getting the reactions that they are getting and they're now covering it up, I honestly think you should just go full-blown heel with it and turn Sammy into a fucking... You know, prick 
and a heel with the hot girlfriend, a la Edge and Lita. I honestly think that's the best way to go about it. They're gonna, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to. This, this, this can't be avoided. It's only getting worse. I mean, I've personally muted them myself on Twitter. I mean, I, I just really get tired of getting the shit that they post. Um, it's only gonna get worse. It's only going to get worse. And the more they keep parading them out there like this, I mean, the fans are not into it. I mean, I, I saw this shit coming long before it got as bad as it did. And now here we are. I mean, I don't know what he expects to accomplish by this. I mean, they would have to bring, they have to bring Pam out here. They'd have to bring Pam out here. Sammy's fucking ex-fiance. Get her out here and fucking have her jump Ty Conti for us to give a single shit about these two being together. Otherwise, I don't know why they're together on TV because it, it makes no sense. No one's enjoying it at all. It's bleeding into their 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 gimmicks. I mean, I think Sammy Guevara is a fantastic wrestler. Unfortunately, I think that fantastic wrestlers, you know, to our benefit, comes a dime a dozen in AEW. Yeah. So the other thing that, that Sammy had going for him is that the, the crowd loved him. You know, he was relatable. You know, he was cool. And now he's not. Now he's not. And it's not doing Tekanti any favors. So I, I, it's affecting their careers. I think I think last week, I think it was, I think it was Sap. Sean Ross Sap said, I think Sammy Guevara needs to go heel. And then Sammy actually replied to his tweet and said, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I, honestly, I don't think I don't think he's good at all. I honestly think if the booze continue to happen and you parade around, uh, you parade him around as a babyface, it's just going to come off cringe and it's going to be television that nobody wants to watch. Sammy Guevara used to be such an over babyface, and the reactions to him were genuine, and people wanted to see him. Now people don't want to see him, and AEW is trying to cover up the booze that he's getting now. You know, I, I criticized this for years with Roman Reigns. The booze that that he's got, that he got when he was a babyface, that WWE forced upon us, it wasn't genuine to the to the man's work. So you can't parade around him, you parade him around as a babyface, and then you know have the crowd fucking obviously hearing what I'm hearing booze all over the place. He's not a babyface at that point, and that that's going to translate to somebody that I don't want to see on television. So no. it needs to be done. I got a question: Why do they keep bringing Dan Lambert out here? To and they did this with Brandy and you know and others. They keep bringing Lambert as you know a phenomenal heel to run down baby faces so bad that it makes the baby face look bad. I mean he's he's killing baby faces out there. He fucking assassinated Brandy Rhodes. He's doing the same thing to Sammy and, and Tay Conti. Yeah, you're gonna you're, you're gonna actively turn Dan Lambert. I guess it's already happened. You're gonna turn. Uh, top team into fucking baby faces because everything that Dan Lambert's saying is the fucking way people feel. Yeah. And they're going to associate with that. We're not supposed to agree. I'm, I want the truth Lambert sells, bro. Him. That's the thing. The truth sells when you give people the fucking truth and they agree with it, then they're going to go for that. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with him. You know, how can you not? He's, he's spitting fucking facts. I'm tired of seeing these two. I mean, he, he's telling them what I want to hear someone say to them. But then you got these two trying to pretend to still be baby faces on Twitter and everything else. It's a it's a it's an, it's an extremely contradictive dynamic. And so they need to fix that. Tony Khan needs to realize that the fans of AEW are dictating where they want this to go. They want top team to be face and they want Sammy and Tate to be heel. So you need to 
you know, uh, follow the winds of change here from your crowd. Stop ignoring them and stop trying to change what uh, should not be changed. AEW always used to be the land of the free and the genuine. Now we're trying to fucking doctor up uh, booze and pretend like uh, it's not it's not happening. No, no, I don't want if I want this, I'll go watch fucking Monday Night Raw. They're editing crowd reactions. They yeah. they signed the great Kali. I mean, crowd I mean, reactions, great Kali, Marina Shafir. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, man. This is enough for me to give Monday Night Raw a fucking shit rating. Yeah, yeah, this is, I mean, I don't, how did they manage to put on this good show, but still have us sitting there saying, how in the fuck would you do this? Wait a minute, somebody, this is, uh, somebody looking into this, Pat Buck, somebody, the France Club, Pat Buck has joined AEW? What? Nah, I don't believe that. Uh, I even don't. If it, even if it's true, I mean, uh... Well, I mean, he walked away from WrestleMania, bro. He wanted to be with family and work on his fucking school, right? What happened? If uh, that's the case. Pat Buck I mean, has joined AEW. Somebody look into that, man. I don't believe that for a second. Like, uh, I don't know. Anyway. Who cares, I guess? Moving on. Uh, who? What? Yes. Pat Buck signed as producer for AEW. Per Wrestling Observer. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, he is. Oh, really? I thought he didn't want to produce anymore. You know what happened? They booted him out because the two matches that he produced at WrestleMania completely fucking bombed. That's why. Yeah, now he's in great. AEW. Now here. That's fantastic. Yeah, now he's in AEW. Great. So the, the statement that he gave was a, a crock of shit, and I knew it was a crock of shit because of the matches that I knew he was a part of at WrestleMania. That didn't go over well, and he got fucking blasted for it. They fired him. They told him, go out and make a public statement. We won't make your release or uh, you're firing public. Go out and save face, and then he joined AEW. Great. I guess you still wanted to produce. Love it. Love being right. Minoru Suzuki versus Samoa Joe. This is a Ring of Honor television championship match. If all I told you was that these two chopped each other into oblivion to a point where Suzuki was bleeding, he was chopped so badly his skin began to crack and blood started to drip down his chest. What if I told you that Samoa Joe started to turn black and blue right there before our very eyes to a point where my TV couldn't even pick up what fucking color Joe's chest was? That was this entire match. It was basically the entire match, Jesse. Nothing but chops. So the show so the show basically ended the way it started because didn't Punk start off like that? Yes. It's chopping the holy chopping hell out of each away other. at each other, chopping the hell out of each other. Crowd completely bought into all these chops. They were eating it up. This match had a very hot start. Joe was throwing bombs at Suzuki. They eventually moved on to trading forearms. Joe leveled Suzuki with a shoulder tackle. Suzuki recovered on the apron and then kind of uh, baited Joe into an armbar over the ropes, allowing him to uh, earn an advantage here, small one. During a commercial break, Joe regained control, and Suzuki was in a crossface. Suzuki escaped, returned with uh, a couple of kicks. He teased a gotch pile driver that he was never going to get on Samoa Joe, but he teased it anyway. But uh, he opted for the chops once again. He's like, I can't get the pile driver on you, so let's do it again. More chops ensued. Suzuki baited Joe into a chokehold. Joe broke it with a side slam. Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt were at ringside with their uh, big gift for Samoa Joe. So they were shown there. Suzuki came back with a drop kick. He went for the gotch pile driver again. I don't know why he thought it would be different this time around. 
Joe powered out. Joe then put Suzuki on the top rope, wanted the muscle buster, but Suzuki tried to turn it into an armbar. Joe powered out of it, hit the muscle buster anyway. One, two, three, and the Ring of Honor TV champion is now Samoa Joe. Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt were shown at ringside, and they eventually came to the ringside area with this big gift. So they said that they had a surprise for Joe. It was nothing, and the box was empty, and Jay Lethal put his hand through the box, uncovered it, and it was nothing more than a middle finger to Samoa Joe. At this point, the lights go out in the arena, and in the ring appeared Satnam Singh, the giant Singh, seven foot three, former basketball player, making his television debut. Singh laid out Joe and worked together with Lethal and Dutt, applying a great Kali vice grip on Joe's skull. Lethal hit the lethal injection, and he and his lackeys posed as the show went off the air, and this was supposedly the overrun which is nothing more than three minutes past the 10 o'clock hour for Dynamite, and that's the way the show went off the air. I thought I was watching a fucking SmackDown era back in the day when the great Kali used to do this to The Undertaker and Batista. I'm like, Maybe what? Maybe it the- was Veer. It no. was Veer? Maybe it was Veer. No, 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 no. Don't disrespect Veer by comparing him to the giant Singh, bro. No, no, sorry, sorry. Yes, no, Veer, Veer has come to Monday night. We don't need Veer to come to... Maybe we do, seeing that this yeah. guy made his, uh, his debut. This was terrible. The match with Suzuki was nothing more than a uh, supposed dream match in the main event on Dynamite, which it was fun for what it was, but, I mean, spare me the fucking chops. I- I'm going to say this. I don't give a shit who it pisses off. I think Suzuki's overrated at 50. 50 everybody makes this big deal about Suzuki. Well, what's the big deal, big, big deal about booking Suzuki on, on AEW Dynamite? The guy sucks. The guy's nothing more than fucking chops and, and, uh, and an armbar and a gosh pile driver. And his fucking theme music that I don't know what the fuck they're singing, but the crowd sing along anyway. I don't get it. I don't care. I don't really care to see him on television anymore. I think it's a a, a fucking gra- a fan grab to generate interest on a, on a show in the main event that AEW doesn't really need to stoop down to those levels to try and uh, generate interest with Minoru Suzuki. You could put anybody in there with Joe, and I'm here for Joe, not Suzuki. So that's out of the way. I think Suzuki sucks. This shit with the Giants sing. We talked about it in the beginning. This shit should not be on AEW television. I really hope that Tony Khan rethinks his strategy here. I hope to God he's not in the ring. I hope to God we don't hear a bell ring and this guy's in the ring wrestling. I don't know if he's going to wrestle. I don't know if he's going to be a bodyguard for Jay Lethal. I hope that is the extent of his stay. But they made a big deal about signing him. He was announced last year in September. It is now April of 2022. And this guy is now all elite. If Tony Khan's giving you a graphic on his personal Twitter page... I don't think he's merely going to be a bodyguard. I do think there's going to be more for him, and I do think this is a colossal fucking fail if that is what Tony Khan is planning. Um, I don't hate Suzuki as much as you. I think Suzuki sucks, bro. I, I don't. I'm not interested in Suzuki, but I get you know the diehards that love him and everything else, so I, I can respect them. Fuck for the that. diehards, man. I, Suzuki is nothing but chops, man. If I want to see. I'll, I'll go watch fucking GCW if I want to see that type of shit. I don't watch Dynamite to see that type of shit. Nothing but F5s and the guys in every fucking main event, every goddamn... I complained about that too? But he, uh, but he keeps coming back. I mean, so, I mean... It is I, I, I'm not into him. I mean, I don't I don't know anything about him. I've never heard of him in AEW, to be honest. I mean, but that don't mean shit. I mean, I'm not a fucking you know, wrestling historian. I don't know every fucking body. I mean, 
I'm hearing he's over. I'm trying to find out why. Watch and see, you know? Well, Tony Khan apparently has not said anything since he announced this uh, signing on social media, so uh, he probably is monitoring all the uh, negative feedback here. But uh, this was very WWE of AEW, and I don't like to uh, see the E on Wednesday nights, but this was throwbacks and flashbacks to the day and age of SmackDown that I absolutely fucking despised. And this guy coming out there doing doing the vice grip, it it, it pains my soul to see this type of shit on AEW Dynamite. We're we're supposed to end the night with fucking great professional wrestling. We got nothing but uh, chops back and forth where one guy had blood and the other guy had black and blues from the amount of chops. And then we get a giant great Kali 3.0 wannabe out there destroying Samoa Joe as if this is some fucking uh, 2009 episode of SmackDown. Holy shit. Well, maybe you'll change your tune when we get this guy in the ring with Big Show. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's exactly uh-huh. what I want to see. You go. That's exactly yeah, what I want to see. I- I'd absolutely fucking take Big Show any day of the week over this fucking guy. You get two big behemoths going at it. Yeah, and that's exactly what we need Tony Khan to book. <laughs> anyway, guys, that is your uh, AEW Dynamite post-show. More... Uh, more to dislike here than I uh, normally dislike on a Wednesday night, but it's all out of love, man. It's all out of love. I don't want to see them make the same mistake that Bruce or Vince would do. We don't watch Dynamite to watch Raw. We don't watch Dynamite to watch SmackDown. We watch Dynamite to watch the best damn roster do professional wrestling right. And the Giants sing is not right. I also apologize for the little hiccups in the beginning of the show. Jesse's still getting his equipment worked out with me anyway. He sounds fine by himself. But the issue in the beginning, I appreciate you guys sticking with us, man. Everything kind of normalized and normaled itself out. And I'm glad you made it this far, man. We're going to go over the Super Chats in just a second. Thank you again. Thank you for the likes. We need nine likes for 1,000. Can we get nine likes in the chat? Nine likes for 1,000. Get those Super Chats in. Hit that join button. Become some VIPs, man. Sit VIP with me in the OTS VIP section. We may be getting a new a new venue this summer, Jesse. Really? We may be getting a beer garden, bro. It's going to be nice out. It's going to be uh, summer. We may have the Mustang driving down the fucking highway with the beach in the background. We may have a taco truck in the venue, bro. There we go. It's going to be go. called Thunder's Tacos or Rose's Tacos. You don't like that one, huh? With sour cream, bro. With sour cream. It's going to be awesome. There you go. Say goodbye. Jesse's not going to Jesse's not gonna have a good time in the uh, the, the OTS beer garden. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, switching it up, man, for the summer. Anyway, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that when we get to it, man. Ideas are flowing. Got to keep things fresh, man. I got to stay number one, man. It's tough to be number one and stay number one, man. I got to stay number one. As always. Uh, make sure you get those uh, memberships in, man. Hit that join button. Super chats are uh, still open, so last call. Get them on in. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. You guys can follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart. You guys can follow Jesse on his YouTube channel. Same thing, Chi-Town Smart. AW Dark, AW Dark Elevation. Watch alongs uh, when he wants. Throwback reviews, thoughts and opinions, taco ratings, you name it. Jesse's doing it over there, so go find him on YouTube. Chi-Town Smart on YouTube. 
you're not you're not covering Friday's shows, right? Uh, Friday, I have House of Glory. I will not be doing SmackDown or Rampage, no. Right, I may Rampage. actually attempt, though. I may actually attempt to get home early from the Hog Show. If it ends early enough, watch SmackDown, speed watch SmackDown, and then go live. I don't know yet. All right. Rampage is live this week at 7 Eastern. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go live right away after Rampage um, and do a, and do a quick review of AEW Rampage right after the show bleeding right into SmackDown. There you go. I won't be watching Rampage until Saturday morning. So right. I will be I will probably be doing uh, SmackDown if I get home early enough. I'm not making any promises because normally after I do commentary at the Hog Shows my voice is shot and I don't know if I'm going to be late getting home and I don't want to be live too late because at that point there's no there's no point. So we'll see what happens. No promises, though. All right, let's get into the Super Chats, guys, because I uh, absolutely want to get out of here and jump on Destiny and start grinding some Grandmaster Nightfalls for some top-tier weapons, man. Forward? I mean, do you not get your God Roll yet? No, man, I got a PvP God Roll. I don't have the PvE God Roll. Uh, I, need that, uh, I need that fourth times the charm and triple tap, bro, is the God Roll. All right, all right. Plus, I need. Uh, I want to be stocked on shards, bro. I got uh, 21 shards right now. I'm, well, I, I'll do, I'm overflowed with prisms, and I got a crap ton of shard. Let's get into the uh, super chats here. Sonny Singh with a 1799 super chat. It's a UK super chat. Thank you, Sonny Singh. JD, I need both you and Jesse to come to WWE with me right now so we can kick both Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard, Nick Khan and John Laurinaitis' ass, and then Triple H come out with his sledgehammer, and then he hits four guys with it. It sounds like uh, Sonny Singh. Do you, do, you, do you want Jesse and I to get arrested? Sounds like assault and battery. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> uh, I do not want to have a mugshot taken, and I don't want to be taken to jail, bro. I'm sorry. I can't. Uh, I can't aid you in your uh, sick and twisted fantasy. No shit. I'll just get on YouTube and complain. I'll yeah. Do that. Yeah. And make money while doing. Uh, Unique Butterfly with a $10 Super Chat. Is it me, or was the crowd booing for the wrong reasons? Why did they end the show like that? So basically, the big dud, the AEW version of Great Khali. Seriously, as if we don't have enough of this in WWE. Uh, Unique, I uh, I complained about it not once, but twice. I agree with you. And Tony Khan, uh, his silence speaks volumes, man. He's not really overly thrilled about Dynamite like he usually would be uh, after a good show. I think the criticism is kind of rattling him. So he needs to do something and quick. This is not going to go over well. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. Another good show tonight. Uh, next week looks even better, but what the fuck was that ending? That looked like it was out of WWE's playbook. The Great Khali 2.0, not good. No. Not at all, Michelle. Not at all. Joseph Taylor with a 5 and a 2 in Super Chat. Dynamite was fantastic tonight. CM Punk Pentagon match of the night. Jesse, can you please make me a rum and coke? And Jesse, is that Jordan Grace behind you? Am I running from Jordan Grace now? I don't know. What did Jesse say about Jordan Grace? We like Jordan Grace over here. I didn't say anything to Jordan Grace. Wait, did I? I don't know. Wait. No. No. I said anything to Jordan Grace. No. Her husband's going to be on Battle of Belts on Saturday, defending that against Dalton Castle. Ring of Honor World title against Dalton Castle. 
Deontay McCombs with a $5 Super Chat. That's how you end an awesome episode of Dynamite with the cross between Dark Order's debut and the great Kali. Uh, remind me again why the, the Dark Order's debut was so bad. Why was the Dark Order's debut so bad? What happened there? It, I don't remember. It, it was a... Um, when it launched, it was a lot of people didn't know, A, who they were collectively, and B, it came out around the same time as Retribution shit, too. Ah. It was, yeah, you know who you know who else debut wasn't good, bro? The uh, Butcher and Blade. Nobody knew who they were either. Butcher and Blade. Nobody knew who they were. I mean, they, they were lackluster debuts that managed to get themselves over just by the, the talent of the, the guys in there. So that's that that's kudos to them. But this guy is not going to get over. I can tell you that shit right now. This guy is doomed to fail. Tony Khan knows that, bro. Listen, man, just hit me up. I'll tell you exactly what you need to uh, need to hear, bro. I'm not going to bullshit you at all. I care. Um, great Kali is trending. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> Let me see my tweet, man. I put out some. Let me see my tweet. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. AEW has their own version of the Great Kali. Please, God, help my fucking soul. 1,232 likes. Wow. No, this is this is not going to go well. I wonder how long he signed this guy for, how long he stuck Holy with him. Holy shit. You ain't even bullshitting, bro. Sports trending. Great Kali. At this hour, 1,500-plus tweets on the Great Kali. My God, dude. Holy shit. Oh, man. Yeah, there you go. It's all you over. Let me tell you something about ROH, man. This is this is what I'm hoping we get from ROH. I don't want to see the lower card of AEW in ROH. I want to see guys that were from ROH or guys that were well in ROH. I want to see a different company. I'm not saying I don't want to see anyone from AEW, but I don't want to see the... I don't want to become a WCW Thunder. You know, I want to, I'm hoping to keep the ROH essence as it was. Yeah, you can sprinkle some of it. You got great work this side, but I'm kind of hoping we get to see... I want to see Gresham over there. I want to see different guys over there. I don't want to see the same fucking guys Wednesdays and Fridays. I'm sure Tony Khan uh, is uh, going to get a roster together, not over over, you know, expose anybody, and he's not going to overwhelm the Ring of Honor roster. I know uh, um, Toa Leona is yeah. over there, and uh, Khan is over there. They were with Ring of Honor before the relaunch, so I mean, those are Ring of Honor guys. Those are the kind of guys I want to see. So when I saw he signed Khan, I was I was actually happy. I want to see guys like that over there. I'm hoping we get the Briscoes over there as well. PCO is over there. I don't know if he's going to be brought back or not. Oh no, he's with Impact now, isn't he? I don't know. know. Nobody watches Impact. Give me a fucking break. The fuck do I know? Uh, Jay Coyle with a two dollar super chat. You know it's bad when when we get red skies on a Wednesday. Uh, That's just for the giant sing, bro. Not for Dynamite. Uh, Chris becomes a new member in the venue, bro. What are you drinking, man? May I recommend the... What do I got downstairs? I got uh, Jameson. Whiskey that's brewed in craft beer barrels, bro. Excellent. How how was that stuff? Excellent. It's not better than the coffee, Jameson, but it's excellent. Try it with cranberry juice? Uh, I I did... uh, I don't know, man. I got. I, I. I. I don't know what I'm doing, man. Cranberry juice and, and whiskey, man. I don't know. It, it didn't taste right. It didn't taste right. Okay. To me. 
but I can't speak for that stuff, man. Like I said, it might be it might be a whole different story, man. But just try some just try some apple crown royally. Okay. I believe you. Yeah, I believe you. Just try that one. Um, Chris, thank you so much, brother. Asso with a Canadian two dollar super chat. W- what is Tony waiting for to put on a show in in Kaka in, in California or, or Canadian or Canada? I don't know, man. Maybe it's the restrictions up there, man. I have no fucking idea. It's probably well, probably what it is. Going to California in a couple of months. Yeah, they'll they'll be on the west coast in a couple of months, man. Already sold out. Uh, Nate with a 199 Super Chat. Hoping Cross would have debuted instead of Kali 2.0. Anybody, bro. Strowman. Cross. Anybody. Yeah. Anybody. Someone we know. Yes. I mean, look, if they had a plan to debut this guy, to do something with him, it was just done wrong. I mean, introductions, promos. You got to tell us who we don't know. Who. You popped him out there at the end of Dynamite like... We all know who the fuck he is. Yep. No one knows. You know? Give him the veer treatment or just just whatever. Just promo packages, man. Something. Lord Quaz with a $2 super chat. We have witnessed the debut of the all right colleague. Now, there's nothing all right about this guy, Lord. Nothing. Uh, Phil with a six-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment, brother. What a stiff match for the Ring of Honor title. AW gave us a pay-per-view for free tonight. Awesome show. I love professional wrestling. Thank you, Tony Khan. I thought definitely of that. Uh, I love Joe. Don't get me wrong. I think Joe is fantastic. I've been a, a Joe fan for years, but I mean, I, I, don't, I don't get the hype behind Suzuki, man. I really don't. Um, Chris with a $5 super chat. The invite for Discord says it's invalid after I became a member. I'll, uh, I'll YouTube in the community section everybody that needs the link, bro. I'll do it uh, sometime tonight. Joey Clemenza with a five-month membership. Thank you for the recommitment to the VIP club, man. What's up, Jay? The question with regards to AW's missteps. Does Kali 2.0 rank up there with the exploding ring deathmatch? It was just so goddamn flat. Well, that wasn't really anybody's fault, man. That was the people that hooked up the fucking ring. That wasn't Tony Khan or AW's fault. You didn't accidentally sign Great Kali. Yeah, no, no. You, you did this with a sole purpose. And the purpose is not going to get over with the fans. Uh, Al Cryptic with a $5 super chat. Cody left because TK was probably going to job him to the, uh, to the Make-A-Wish, Kali. Next. Didn't Cody sign him? Someone said in chat. Somebody, somebody said in the chat, Cody trained him. Oh, okay. Well, train well if that's the case. Gonna, I don't care who the fuck trains him. That's not going to fucking help. But fucking Brian Danielson can train him. He ain't going to help. Yeah, he ain't going to help, man. You can give him Kenny on Mondays and... Brian on Tuesdays and... Gresham <laughs> on Fridays. Yeah, it's not going to work. Brandon James Shea with a $5 Super AW Dynamite is a good show tonight. Yeah, it was good. He also says it's the 10 out of 10 show. No, it wasn't. Now, I don't know how Marine Shafir and uh, the Giant Sing could get uh, a 10 out of 10 rating, bro. Come on. We need a we need an emote for this guy from there, man. Yeah, I don't know how I, I need to I need to monitor him for a couple of weeks, man. Then we'll have uh, our own little uh, Omas thing going on here. I gotta see what he does, man. Maybe we'll do the vice grip. All right. Uh, Al Cryptic with a two dollars super chat. What's worse, Kali two or Jesse's mic setup? Uh, Jesse's mic setup is actually isn't that bad, man. He's using the same Rode soundboard that I'm using. It's just. Uh, 
Something there. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't hear it now. We're talking about it off the air, but as you know, I spent hours upon hours upon hours tweaking and setting all this shit. So the only thing I can't test is going live on Discord because you can't test it until you go live on Discord. Yes, sir. Uh, huge erection with a 499 Super Chat. JD, my man, great show tonight. Too bad alls will be remembered with this ending. Women's match was just bad. Keep the Venom IPAs coming. First one's on me. Huge erection, man. I'll buy you whatever you want, man. I don't drink IPAs unless they're milkshake or hazy or sour IPAs. Milkshake or sour IPAs for me, man. None of that, uh, none of that uh, hazy, double, triple, hoppy IPA shit, man. Not for me. Um, let me switch the music here. Hold on one second. Let's get uh, this here. Uh, huge erection. Thank you so much, man. Trey Van Gerricker, five dollars super chat. When did Sanga sign with AEW? Great show. Aside from the ending and Shafir, also, what do you make of AEW streaming on New Japan streaming service? I think it's great. People don't have access to AEW over there, man. They got it on New Japan's uh, streaming service. It's a great deal. Uh, Harv with a new membership. Harv, what are you drinking, brother? You look like a peanut butter and cre- peanut butter whiskey and a cranberry guy, man. That's what I feel. How Just- long before? How long before TK goes and puts on a show in Japan? Uh not for a long time. Yeah. Joseph Taylor would turn out super chat. I hope the TK announcement is the signing of Cesaro. I don't know what the big announcement is. Uh, There's a big announcement coming next week. It may be AEW streaming service. I'm tired of guessing Tony Khan's big announcement. I feel like it's every week. Yeah, and Cesaro is not a big announcement type guy. No. That's the kind of guy you just pop up and on the show. Yeah. Don't fucking... He should have been the guy to show up tonight. You know, that would have been a big fucking pop. Uh, yes. Milkshake IPAs do exist in the chat. Yes. Uh, Tony Brown with a... Uh, I'm sorry, did bring all your boys to the yard? No. No? I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring Thunder Rosa and, uh, Lee Johnson to my yard, bro. You're gonna be there, too. Bro, if your milkshake brings the boys to the yard, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Just for that comment, bro, I, I'm, I'm, I'm docking you tacos, man. Now, Julia Hart, man, she's, she's devising a plan for you, bro. Seriously. Keep it up. When I'm she like, goes full evil, bro, you're going to be the first victim. You saw I told them off on Twitter, man. You saw that, right? Yes, I, I, I did. I did see it. And I love Lee Johnson's reply. Jesse, <sighs> dot, 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 dot. I'm not playing around with them, man. I won't revenge. Uh, Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Hey, JD and Jesse. What's up, Tony Brown? Booty meat tonight, bro. Plenty of it. Uh, we got Happy Punk with a five-month membership. Thank you, Happy Punk, for the recommitment. JD, good on you. Not giving Great Kali 2.0 a chance. I don't want to see him again on AWTV. Also, thank you for having the most truthful podcast. Thank you, Happy Punk. I appreciate it, brother. What are you drinking, man? Ray G with a nine-month membership. With this ending, I hope this isn't the answer for Tony Khan to get more ratings. Uh, this is going to help Tony Khan lose ratings. Nobody wants to see this. Mickey McClendon with a 499 Super Chat. Oh boy, I'm going to be at Dynamite in Philly in two weeks. I really hope that dude isn't going to be on TV. Lethal's heel run has been fun, but now I don't know. Yeah, I, Lethal, Lethal's gonna be fine, man. I don't know. I don't know about this guy. 
Lethal will be fine. Jay Lethal's awesome, man. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. I hope Homicide and Hernandez join Kingston. I could see that. I could absolutely see that. Dip into your friends back home, man. Or maybe, you know what? How about Homicide and Amazing Red? Never mind fucking Hernandez. Fuck out of here. Damien with a 199 Super Chat. I'd be cool with AEW doing short reigns here and there. It depends on who it is. There's uh, a time and a place for short reigns. I'm not against them, but there's a time and a place for them. Tommy Brannigan with a final Super Chat. Awesome show. JD and Jesse, I agree with you. Don't like that guy that came in at the end of the show. OTS for life. Salvatore with a $5 Super Chat. Maybe the House of Black beats Jurassic Express. Then Christian turns on them and joins House of Black just like Edge and his dark stable, but better. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea, man. Peter Lynn. With a $10 Super Chat, like you, now that Jade has grown on me, why has she not wrestled since the last pay-per-view? Because she doesn't have to. If Jade has grown on you, don't mess with it. Let her continue to grow. Yes. Jay Coyle with the $2 Super Chat, the pinnacle fears Captain Sean Dean. Absolutely. So does MJF. Captain Sean Dean's going to be in MJF's fucking dreams. ECW Hardcore 07 with $2 Super Chat. Marina and AEW Kali were negative five tacos. Kelly with a $4.99 Super Chat. JD, you and Jesse need to bro hug it out. For Tony Storm's sake, can I get a Kevin Dunn on Great Kali Wannabe and Jesse's Tacos? Rock on. Um, you thought the, the Great Kali was... Um, only in the E, yeah, we sent him over there to do some uh, espionage. <laughs> you know, uh, Vince McMahon is really running AEW. Would? Maybe. I don't know where the fuck they found this guy at, man. I don't, I don't know who thought this was. Uh, Neb with a $2 super chat. Tell that geek, Jesse, I need a shot and a blue chew. Bro, I do not recommend taking a blue chew with alcohol. Don't. Brandon James Shea with a $2 super chat. I like Sammy and take content. You may be the only one. Brandon James Shea. Steven Escalante with a 199 super chat. Jade Cargill versus Bianca Belair. Match of the future. It may happen. Now, remind me. Maybe I maybe I misheard you or, or, or something like that. But you don't promote anything that you don't personally use yourself, correct? Yes, I do say that. Okay. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. I'm, I'm going to dump you, bro. I'm, I'm sick of your shit, okay? I didn't say nothing. I'm sick of your shit. You said, I'm just wondering. That's all. That's, it's okay. Steven Escalante with a 499 Super Chat. When Warlord powerbombs MJF is going to remind me of the Batista powerbomb Triple H back in 2005. Me, Wilson, with a 1999 Super Chat. Tonight's show was good except the parts for the great Kali 3.0 and Marina. 
And I love Sammy, but keep the relationship stuff off TV. Also, Punk vs. Hangman or Punk vs. Cole would be a good match for double or nothing for the title. It's going to be Hangman versus Punk, bro. Cole may still be... He, he still may be involved with the triple threat. We don't know yet, man. It's all, it's all uh, hanging on uh, this Texas death match on, on Friday night. So we'll see what happens there. I think having Hangman versus Punk straight up one-on-one is a bad idea. Yes. Cole, triple threat. Let's do it. Yes. Uh, I, could, I could see either one of those situations. Uh, Kelly with a, another 499 Super Chat. That girl from the movie Seeing Red is more over than Maria Shafir. Giant Sing and Bearcat Lee. And Jesse, I'll race you. My Nissan versus your car. LOL. I got an SUV, bro. I had to sell the Charger. Charger's gone, man. I had an SRT8. I don't know what Nissan you have, man, but I would gladly would have raised a Nissan. What do you have? I don't know if you got a fucking, a fucking Skyline or some shit. She got a souped up Nissan, bro. A GTR? I mean, what the fuck? I mean, what, what do you get? Is it a 370? I will fucking spank a 370 all day long. You need a GTR to, to, to mess with me. Ty Sloan with the 499 Super Chat. Thoughts on game Metro 2033 redo. Uh, it's a game that takes place in the post-apocalyptic Russia, and you have to survive in tunnels and fight monsters and win. Never played it, Ty. I am uh, 150% in on Destiny, bro. Trying to be the best guardian on the planet. I'm light 1580, bro. What do you want? 350Z? Oh, please, get the fuck out of here. This guy's talking about fucking Nissans over here. Ty, thank you so much, man. I, I, I never played Metro, bro. I've seen uh, Metro played. My dad played Metro. My dad's also a gamer. He games in his off time. Well-rounded Leo with a $5 super chat. If the great Kali lookalike is just used as a bodyguard for lethal and he does not wrestle, what is the problem? The problem is that we saw a fucking vice grip on Dynamite, bro, that re- resembled the great Kali. This is not the E, bro. Nothing like that. No scenario like that should ever be shown on Wednesday night. Ever. That'd be like fucking Triple H taking some bullshit booking in NXT back in 2018 from Monday Night Raw, putting it on NXT on Wednesday nights. No. No, we don't want to see that. You're dirtying your show up, man, with filth. You should stay clean. Clean of all E. Type situations. All right, we're about to get out of here, man. Jesse, got any uh, any final words here? No, man. Join me this Friday, though. I will do a um, I will do a live quick review of uh, the live rampage this Friday. Um, I'll post something for it and everything. Else. Trying to choke, uh, trying to poach my viewers again, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm taking them all. When the cat all. is away, the mice will play. Apparently, As, except your SmackDown fans, man. You can keep them. I don't even want them. They're all yours, bro. If you have fans that solely watch SmackDown and not AEW, they're all yours. All yours. I'm only kidding. I love you guys on Friday night. I wish there was more of you, man. House of Glory this Friday night, man. Fight TV. You guys can order on Fight TV, man. Tribulation. We got the Briscoes, man. They're going uh, into a tag team title match against Jeff Cobb and TJP, man. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Charles Mason, he'll be battling Ken Broadway and low-key for the Crown Jewel Championship. And Natalia Markova will be going one-on-one with Tasha Steeles of Impact for the HOG Women's Championship. 
some good stuff over there, man. Fight TV, you guys can order it. Friday night, 7 p.m., I'll be there with the solo monster. The solo monster. Calling the action. Don't be afraid to uh, come up and say hello. And if you guys want to order me a Jack and Coke, I, I, I take those two. Helps ease the nerves right before we go live. Guys, I'll talk, I'll talk about the Charger on uh, on Friday. So join me on Friday. We'll talk about the SR. This guy, this guy talking from the back seat over here. Fucking guy. Shut your mouth! Gotta fucking put you in the booster seat, bro. Strap yourself in. No backseat driving. No fucking backseat in a Mustang anyway. Oh, there's backseats in my Mustang. That's where you put the groceries, man. Now, the groceries go in my oversized trunk, bro. Oh, jeez. Speaking of oversized trunks, oh, never mind. Never mind. You guys will see that uh, in the uh, Owen Hart Cup. And enjoy Jamie Hayter and Tony Stewart. Yes. Uh, follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out today's Extra Man. Good stuff there. Go check out the Monday Night Raw and NXT post shows. Good stuff there as well. And I'll be back with you tomorrow for episode 426 of the podcast, man. Before I get out of here, guys, I need two things from you. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Number two, when that music comes on, that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. Guys, thank you so much for a great night here on the AEW Dynamite Post Show on OTS. I will see you back tomorrow on the podcast. And then Friday, I will be at Hog, and I'll keep you guys updated about SmackDown if we go live or not after the House of Glory show on Fight TV. Until then, guys, have a good night.